Geek Shock. Geek Shock. way back is the reason why there was the explosion in reality shows because they technically were not scripted so yeah, and then and then they, they filled got, out they filled in their time mm. their their uh, programming with that and, and all, that's why we had the explosion and all those reality shows got in trouble later on because it was it was revealed well after the strike that they had hired uh independent writers to come in and you know, do the scripts and stuff for those different shows, and they got fined majorly. It's um, it's funny. Barton Fink, the mm-hmm. movie, it, it it's a hilarious commentary on Hollywood's attitude towards writers. Yeah, because uh, uh, Barton Fink, the character, is like been brought into Hollywood to do some writing, and he has no idea how to write for movies, and he's totally intimidated. And so one guy, they're in the commissary, and he's just like. Barton, look around you. There are writers everywhere. You throw a rock, you're going to hit two or three of them. And, you know, and they're talking. And then when he gets up, he's like, oh, and when you throw that rock, do me a favor. Throw it hard. (laughs) Storms out, and they just, everybody hates writers. It's hilarious. I've never understood that. Uh, Like, producers love writers. Actors like the writers. It's always the studios that hate the writers. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why is there such animosity towards some piece of that whole system that is so integral to it? It's because when you suggest the giant mechanical spider, they say no. Uh, That that could (laughs) be it, too. And also the fact that, just like with every other type of attitude towards writers, everybody thinks they can do it. Yeah. It's the one thing, it's, I can write. Wait a minute, Kirsten, aren't you a writer? Yeah. Yeah, I hate writers. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I I, I I often wonder if it's just because they don't don't give me that well, look. They, they, Get that they look on your face. A lot of a lot of higher up producers, not like you know PGA producers, but a lot of higher up producers do tend to believe that anybody can. You crushed my <laughs> candy oh my cigarettes, God. you dirty bastard! If I could describe what just happened. <laughs> Barry said something untoward about him being a writer. <laughs> Kirsten gently pushed back his chair. I thought he was going to go got join the slowly, strike. Got up slowly, as if he might go get a drink. Yeah. Leaned over the table and just fisted your candy <laughs> cigarettes. Punched it. As hard as he could. Oh, well, they're fucked. <laughs> Let's see how bad. I, I, you got, you, you got know, to hand it to me. I do. I gave him time Plenty. to rescue them. Lots of. Nah. He was completely <laughs> stunned. He didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> oh shit! It is leaking all over the table. <laughs> I'd like to report a murder. Yeah. It looks like cocaine. Yeah, really. I wouldn't snort that. Sniff it <laughs> off the table, Barry. That's Barry's. Sugar, n- that's Barry's next high. step when he's crushing the candy and. <laughs> Snorting uh, candy cigarettes crushed up. That's oh Jesus! No. I read yeah. somewhere uh, Al Pacino commented that Hoo-ha! all the fake Hoo-ha! all the fake shit he snorted in Scarface da- did damage his nose. That wouldn't that surprise make, me. Makes sense. You yeah. shouldn't be doing no shit anyway. Yeah, snuff is not good for you. You know, it's funny. It's I just cocaine. It's funny you mentioned that. I was just watching this thing the other day about they were talking about. 
making uh, props for movies, and one of the things they addressed was the the quote unquote fake <laughs> fake cocaine. Kit, uh, okay. uh, Kit just killed Worf. This should be a visual show. Oh, God damn it! And just, Worf just fell down. Just like, just like in Next Gen, man. Worf, yeah. Worf yeah. goes down Worf. with the 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 whisper of a, a, br- br- a breeze. Mister Wolf, no. Yeah, he's down. What the hell I'll crawled up Kit's ass? Something scared just, him. I love how it took until Deep Space Nine for Worf to actually become a badass. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> Every episode that he goes up against some freaking uh, opponent in, in next gen, and he's like, "Oh, okay. he's down and he's out." I lean it against the yeah. There you go. Uh, <sighs> it, <laughs> that was weird. No <laughs> one in the home knows what's going on. <laughs> but they showed all the different apparatus they use for uh, for the uh, the snorting of the fake cocaine. Like they have the the hidden tube that actually vacuums mm-hmm. it up. And they said, but for the scenes where they do close up, they have like um, basically it's like a crushed up uh, nasal sticks. decongestant kind of, oh. kind of thing, so that it's it's actually designed to be inhaled. Mm-hmm. And they, but they said they only have the actors do like a tiny small amount, and then they then they cheat it with the camera angles and stuff. I so have to it was go really back and explain <laughs> <laughs> the chaos that is yes. this studio. Kirsten has a cardboard war full size that peeks out his front window. Kit ran by it and absolutely, well, I can't say obliterated it, but he certainly knocked it the hell down. It is it is precariously balanced, and the balance is actually perfect. It actually said, but Kit... And then it slow-moed, fell. Kit, yeah, and it was, it's cardboard, so it took its time. It, he also has a Jadzia Dax in the bathroom that judges you as you pee. <laughs> if you, and Kira Yeah. yeah if, yeah, if you stand up and pee, it is staring you directly oh, in the eye. That's okay. If you sit down. Or you know you sit down and stare Dude, her you gotta the look in the mirror. Yeah. She's, and she's uh, looking over smirk. your shoulder in the mirror. She's smirking. Yes, yeah. <laughs> she's got that Jadzia, mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and Narice is just kind of behind you going, meh, meh. <laughs> she's just constantly waiting her turn. Yeah. <laughs> Guarding the cat litter. <laughs> yes, guarding the cat litter. But Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 690. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Blarg. And, um, and we're here to talk week and geek. Uh, before we get into the show, just a little bit of business up front. It is time to give away, once again, uh, the mini for the month. Uh, those of you on the Discord, you saw my... my, my <laughs> I like finished it in like a day and a half. A a time lapse of its creation. Uh, it's originally kind of like a pilgrim style monster hunter. Uh, I inadvertently painted it like Darkwing duck. Thank you, Jake for looks awesome for pointing that out, but it is finished and it is time for us to give it away. 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 Yo, that's a, it's a mini now. from Malifaux. So it's uh, I've been on a Malifaux kick with those minis. Uh, I need to switch that up. Now give just, it away. Now give it away. Now give just, it away. That's yo. so interesting. <laughs> All right, Barry, go ahead and uh, spin the wheel of doom. <laughs> I need music. Oh boy! All right, here we go. We have a winner, Leon Cox. Congratulations, Leon Cox. You have won this month's mini. Yay. Uh, I'll be choosing the next mini shortly. And uh, How about you do an actual Darkwing Duck? I, I don't have a Darkwing Duck it. mini. It's about what minis I have. <laughs> I need you to form one out of clay. <laughs> 
uh, it will look like somebody's Play-Doh poo. And it's it's Ooh. I don't have sculpt, sculpting uh, ability. Uh, however, I will gladly create a mound of something and paint it for you. I tried to sculpt. <laughs> I, I wasn't very good at it. Oh, um, please. You were. You were fine at no. it. Oh, oh, wait, oh, tell me about this. He made them for D&D. And I should show some pictures. But he made... Um, a giant door, like a magical door that we found in the Feywild that looked really cool. It was very intricate. He um, I made a monster and I put like like a moss monster. Yeah, it was like a That was fun. And then you did the giant tree. It was like this and That uh, was a mess. But I'll tell you one I the one I liked was the was the beholder. Yes. It wasn't great though. And then had moved a couple times and its stalks are kind of busted. Yeah, it broken, broke in a couple so places. But <laughs> he has done a really good job. He does better at that than he does with painting. Yeah, I have no patience. None. Zero. Not a character flaw. <laughs> oh, I beg to differ. I well, you too. can beg all you want, but it's. <laughs> oh, I, I, I just plain flaw. differ then. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. You differ all the time. And we're going to give away something this week. Yeah, we're going to give away some mystery thing. It's time to give mystery give. Maybe it's a wharf standy. I don't know. <laughs> what? A broken, a broken wharf standy? <laughs> broken ass wharf standy. A broken ass. Mystery. Giveaway. Mystery. Thank you, Nation Explosion. Giveaway. You say Nation Explosion? Nathan Explosion. Did I say Nation? Giveaway. Thank you, Nation Explosion. Okay. That's coming. The winner is two is one. Two is one. Congratulations. You won something. We don't know yet. Something magical. Yeah. But it will have something to do. not guaranteed to be magic. The last one was a sandwich. It was. It will have something to do with this show. So this show is nothing but a set of clues for your random prize. Darkwing Duck. What a what a not cheap Duck, ploy Duck, to get people to pay attention Duck, to the show. <laughs> I got to do something. I will rely on cheap gimmicks. The secret word is that's why potato. That's why I brought on Barry. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, talk hey. about a cheap gimmick. He's the cheapest gimmick. It was yeah. very, very <laughs> cheap. Very cheap. So this is like work release. <laughs> uh, if there's no more business, uh, let's go into what geeky things we did this week. Uh, Deb. Well, I'm getting through some things that have been in my list for a long time. I'm almost done with both of these. I was hoping to be finished, but I haven't. But I'm going to bring them up anyway. So <clears throat> I, because of, you know, watching things on Amazon and I, realized that with Sanditon that we could subscribe to PBS. So I now subscribe to PBS through Amazon. And what would you get with PBS through Amazon? All of the awesome shows that Barry hates. Oh, all oh everything. Yes. Oh, just yes. a lot of ballroom dancing. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the ones that they have is the Around the World in 80 Days miniseries that David Tennant did. Aha. And I believe it was filmed starting in, well, it's like, or late 2020, early 2021, when they started filming shows and stuff again. Um, I'm really enjoying, I have one episode left. So mad I was trying to finish it, but I have one left. I never read the book, so I don't really know anything about the storyline, um, but I am really enjoying the show. And they, I mean, they, it's eight episodes, but it's going through. They're speeding their way around the world pretty quickly. Well, in 80 days. In 80 days, yes. They skip chunks of time obviously through things because they only hit in certain places that make a interesting story so it's a travel show that takes place in the 1800s yes late 1800s steampunk travel show they get behind that well they don't do any steampunk if there is any in the original novel it's all normal Mm. you know normal means of travel so rail steamership in horseback so 
is it a race? Is it like, like Cannonball Run 1850? <laughs> no, he... <laughs> oh, my God. Now I want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Phineas, oh, I can't remember his name actually now because I'm totally blanking on it. But anyway. Phineas Fogg? Yes. He makes a bet with an old childhood friend that he will do it in 80 days and they bet for that time period a ridiculous amount of money. It's like 20,000 pounds. Um, Whoa. In the late 1800s. Yeah, that's I mean, that's a, lot. that's a lot of money. So, I'll take that bet today. I bet you I can get around the world in 80 days. You probably could do it for less so. than 20,000 pounds. <laughs> Unless you rode in steerage everywhere and hitchhiked all the way across America and didn't die. I could do it in 40 days. Could you? Yeah. Name that tune. <laughs> Go. Do it. So it means I don't have to see you for 40 days. I bet using travel hacking skills, I could do it probably in two days. No, That's kidding. your whole thing now. <laughs> it is. My yeah. thing. I'm really hoping to do well at it because I really want to like fly business class across the ocean and do it for like super dirt cheap. So. I want to know all your secrets. Yeah. Well, when I when I am able to figure, like, people do this, obviously. They do it quite well. But it's, you have to stay on top of when to buy and when not to buy. And you have to have a backup plan and all these things. So it sounds like the stock market. It's a little Kinda. tricky. But, yeah, apparently a lot of, like, business class and higher flights don't, you can't purchase them with points until maybe a month or two months before the flight's supposed to happen. So you have to. Have a backup plan just in case that you can't get a seat or whatever. There's a bunch of YouTubers are following now but, that go everywhere, and I hate them. I hate yeah, their but, lives, they, but they want them. They will. <laughs> they will do travel hacks, so they'll use points and they earn points by doing lots of different things, including trading from a credit card to one of the carriers that does like five times points. So you like quadruple the amount of points you have, and then you can get this business class ticket, and all you have to pay is taxes. So you're you're getting like a first class seat. That would cost you like ten thousand dollars, and you're getting it for like four hundred bucks. It's a lot of taxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so around the world in eighty days, I'm really enjoying it. I have one episode left, um, so I'm kind of excited to to see how it ends. Um, and then I am almost done with book five of the Temeraire series, which is you know the dragon and the the military dragons, and it takes place during the Napoleon era. Oh, yeah. Alternate it's, history, yes. Yeah, didn't, wasn't that uh, one of the uh, red light, green lights? Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I've brought it up before. I was uh, in book one, I believe, or maybe just started book two, but I am almost done with book five. There's nine books, um, and they just like pick up one right after the I'm. It's one of those series that I am really glad I didn't start reading when it originally came out because I would have been really pissed having to wait, knowing that every single one picks right up where the other one left off. There's like, I think the the biggest span of time between them was maybe like two or three weeks. Otherwise, they are just picking right up where they left off. So, um, but I am super enjoying them. They uh, are uh, very easy to follow. I have to ask you because I have no idea. How do you spell Tamarare? Tamarare, it's T-E-M-E-R-A-I-R-E. Okay. Just like it sounds. Yeah. Temeraire. I, I, I just now, I just tried to Google it. And then Google's like, fuck if I know. Tamarare. Well, <laughs> that's probably because you wrote it like you would say it if you read it. And you read things terribly. Yeah. Yeah. Backwards is not terrible. And I will say, um, for those of you who are tier four and above, whenever it is, we end up sending out the drawings that we're doing for you all. You'll know who inspired mine. That's who inspired mine. It's Temer. <laughs> Drugs inspired mine. 
I and just candy cigarettes. I just Drunk love your fever dream. Your uh, good, good story. For <laughs> lack of a good. better word, girlish <laughs> excitement. <laughs> when you when 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 you're just like just childish excitement. You'll know why, how mine was inspired. It was just like, man, this is this is the person who small pounds Barry sometimes. into the dirt. And small things when make he me gets happy. out of the fucking. <laughs> well, obviously, there it is. <laughs> it took you a minute, but you got there. Good for you, Kay. I don't fuck you <laughs> <laughs> for the record, but you know, thumbs up. Good man. <laughs> what minute? I said it as soon as she said it. Ah, it took a while. Bearing the he big, was waiting for me to. I'm buying you ballroom dancing lessons. Oh, because I'll take those. He will never take those. I will. He won't. Well, I'll get you one for, you know, the two of you, obviously. <laughs> well, a twofer. You got to get the, yeah. I mean, otherwise, she's going to be dancing with, you know, some guy named Raul. Who's... <laughs> well, that's how those stories start. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's true. What? This is her dance teacher, Reggae Jean. <laughs> Oh my goodness! <laughs> Anything else, Dad? Um, we did do another thing, but Barry's gonna talk about it. So, oh, then oh. I'll switch it over to Jeff because I want to hear what Barry. Dick. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll, I'll come back to you, Jeff. Yep. Barry, just because the well, laid out. Uh, we had some friends come in town, and we finally got to play our old uh, Gloomhaven uh, campaign. Yeah, we got you through, broke it out. Yeah, we did. We it took a hot minute for us to oh relearn how to play, but once we did, we got we we got two sessions in. In a day, which is rough, and uh, we passed both of them. I'm very happy about it. So two scenarios, two, two scenarios. scenarios yeah, we just call that a Saturday night, Kay. Yeah, really. He said that's rough. That's rough. Well, what it the... was rough because we were going so, kind of slow. Yeah, it took us forever to figure out because we haven't played in a year and a half that campaign, and so it was figuring out where all of our stuff was, resorting everything, uh, making sure everybody remembered the rules because they don't have the thingy with the stuff and the yeah, they we don't, don't ha- tear they don't up shit. They don't have the organizers that I've yeah. got. We also uh, don't tear up shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, tearing, I, tearing I was just going to ask how many cards were properly deststroyed Tearing while you were it up playing? helps Zero. because it gets that shit out of the way. I You've just, I just write them down. Aside. I write down the numbers that we have done on oh, the city and the road shit. cards. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Kirsten is holding up the bag of destroyed Gloomhaven. That is sad stuff. That hey, is just hey, sad. I take it as a triumph that he lets me keep them in a bag <laughs> and does not force me to throw them in the garbage. No, so. no, a, a sacrificial burning. That's what we need. <laughs> At the end. At the yes. end. My favorite still got to be the look on Steve's face when you guys made him tear that card. I'm sure he was like, what is this? It was, it was like practically brought Dude, to tears. He's like, that, I do? Really? I have Dude, to do it. That like, first time. No, both of you were like, do it. That is tear it rough. That is like. Well, it goes against everything. You just spent how much money on this game and you only want to use it one time? What? When I'm done with Gloomhaven, I can sell my copy and it's complete. Can you do that? I'm giving it to Kay because it's good D&D material. I'm just amazed that this yeah, is one of the few friend. times that Deb does not follow the rules in the box. Yeah, I know. You spend a shit ton of money on this game. I'm not playing it one time. You're, so you're, got, you're the, the, the most removable strict rules person, though, at the table. Yeah, they make I, kits, so we have re- like removable stickers for everything. So you still mark it. You still like put stickers on the map, the but they come off. <laughs> Friggin' training wheels, these two. Uh, I, I have to say, I want to watch that first session when they repeat it, and they're all like, oh. 
<laughs> no, we have it all marked. We know. Yeah, we know what we've because done. Because I'm a good note taker. You need to for that game. Just to wait. Know so, where you've been. So when you start all over again, you've got notes. So what? You're going to take different choices. We don't have to start all over. I don't again. have notes at that. We have Frosthaven. <laughs> so See, then you're not going to play it over it. again. I we can, can sell it. it. To someone else who oh, wants okay. the joy of Gloomhaven. I, I forgot they're going to sell it. Right. Yeah, I, I, I didn't buy mine for an investment. Thing. I know. I know. I know, dude. <laughs> dude, when you want to play Gloomhaven, you text me and you're like, Gloomhaven? And I'm like, yeah. When Barry and Deb want to play Gloomhaven, they wait for their friend from out of town. Ah, oh, here we go. <laughs> and then they play. Here well, we go. Now we have Frosthaven. <laughs> yeah, we have Frosthaven now. Do you want to start a Frosthaven campaign? Uh, you know what? I'm not going to force you guys anything. So is that a no? Okay, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. We'll see who else wants to play. Moving on. Well, this does bring up a bit of a dilemma. Because Kay and I are playing Gloomhaven. Yeah. Uh, The two of you have Frosthaven, so eventually you're going to start that. So, uh, Jeff, I'm going to need you to buy Gloomhaven 2nd Edition so you can play it for us and let us know how it compares. Yeah. 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 Second Edition. Yep. Yeah, so Barry was looking at... He saw an article about it. And we were looking up to see if it was just like new things in addition to the base. They completely redid the game and yeah. modified some of the structure of how some of the characters function, the base. So I play the the mind the guy who summons rats and stuff. Um, okay, mm. and they changed his card. So right now I'm limited to ten per scenario. They changed it to twelve, which makes sense because he's one of those characters that is like he's melee but not melee. He's magic more but he's supposed to get right up into everybody's shit and so sometimes i go through cards really quickly like more oh, yeah. way more quickly than i should mm. be what's your guy's name oh, my character like the actual name i forget i have it written down i forget what i yeah. named him i like uh i like that power creep yeah barry hates that shit <laughs> get more power more cards yeah, in our Gloomhaven, i just opened up a new box a new character I, yeah, I, my did. last my last character fulfilled his life journey in yeah. this last game so. that's right nice. we that, haven't done that yet because we sucked. haven't played enough <laughs> that's he, true. He, he fulfilled his thing so quick his 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 figs aren't even done painted <laughs> <laughs> fun fact Gloomhaven ships at about 22 pounds Frosthaven is about 30 jeez louise <laughs> i don't want to buy it because i don't want to uh, exercise <laughs> just I know. Up and down. I just want to throw <laughs> celery at your mouth. <laughs> I what just, else did I do? Oh, I bought XCOM for my phone. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I didn't even know this. Why? Because it's it was cheap. Oh my god! And it's like a perfect copy of XCOM. You have it on the Xbox. Yeah, but I don't have it when I'm laying in bed trying to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> one more turn. One more turn. And one of these days, you're gonna be half asleep. And you're gonna hear God. Damn it! 85% and you miss? You'll know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's right there! Shoot him in the face! It doesn't... Yeah, you're going to get that. And I have a feeling you'll get a fist to the face. Yes, he would if that happened. Yeah, maybe she'll have an 85% chance and she'll miss. I'd I'd also probably kick him and knock him right out of bed. Nah, you got to wait for your turn to come around next. You only do one attack action at... Tur- you're not not really if you have a double tech. Yeah. Oh, oh gotcha there. It's Deb, dude. She's going to have a triple attack. <laughs> it's Deb, dude. She's not going to care about the rules. <laughs> I know. Deb, you're done. You don't get Deb. 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 Okay. All right. <laughs> it's over. It's over. <laughs> Jeff, what'd you do? Well, uh, I got to watch a couple of things uh, over the last week here. Uh, the first one I watched was Fubar on Netflix. That's Ooh. the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Monica Barbaro. 
uh, the one who show. retires from mm-hmm. the CIA. Yep, uh, that is the basic storyline. Uh, he's a CIA operative that retires, and they drag um, him back in. Exactly, they drag him back in uh, to find a uh, another operative who has basically uh, fallen uh, off the radar, and they they can't get in touch with this agent. And then he comes to find out that it's his real life daughter, and so neither of them knew that they were in the CIA. Oh, and does it turn out Michael and, Dorn uh, is their controller? No, that that would be oh, awesome though. Yeah. Uh but no, it's uh it's I have such mixed feelings about this show. What? It's definitely it's definitely more of a comedy and when it does action it does it pretty well, but I will say the character interactions are quite amusing. Um it's only an 8 episode series, so it's fairly easy to get through. Um it does end on a bit of a cliffhanger. I'll just warn you ahead of time. And supposedly they are going to get a second season, but this is Netflix, so and this is the writer's strike. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. You know, Netflix is famous for announcing that a show will get a, another season, and then they just don't do anything with it. So uh, view it at your own risk, knowing that it does end in a cliffhanger. Uh, I won't say too much more about it, but uh, it is it's enjoyable. I uh, I like I said, I really did like the character interactions. Um, and uh, I think the characters are, are fairly well written, and uh, and that includes the supporting cast uh, in the show. So it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, the other thing I watched uh, was uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. How was that? Ooh. <sighs> I'm just going to tell you right now, Uh-oh. I have a very love-hate view on this movie. Mm. Um, How'd you feel about the first one that they did in the I love the first one. Okay. Oh, the, the first one was amazing. Um, and I'll tell you why I think it it's it's a love hate. It's because I intentionally didn't watch any trailers or you know read any reviews going in because I wanted to avoid what frequently happens nowadays is they have really terrible reviews and then you get in there and you're like oh this is nothing like the review this is a yeah. much better film etc. The important thing to know going in that I will tell you is that this is the second in a trilogy. I did not know that at the time. I thought this was another story in this. Mm. So it's important for you to know that there is a sequel coming up to this film, whereas this is kind of a fresh story where the, the first movie can basically stand on its own. Well, yeah. This one... Empire with the Strike story, Back? yes. With this particular story, it requires the third movie, which is supposed to be out next year. It's supposed to be out uh, approximately March, April of next year. So that's the one good thing. Um, I love that there's a lo- there's a lot of character development in this the second film, like so much so that it's pretty much all exposition. There's not a lot of action, uh, especially in the middle two thirds of the film. Um, or I should say the the middle, you know, half of the film. The, I'd say the first quarter is pretty, uh, you know, pretty action, and then you have a lot of dialogue. This is the this is why this is where the hate part comes in is because this is mostly written for kids, and there's a lot of dialogue. I'm talking like a lot of dialogue between the characters in basically Act Two and Three. So first act is a lot like the first film. 
Acts two and three, lot of dialogue, lot of character development, Do lot of setting up. Do we at least get Spider Ham? No. What? Yeah. I saw, him in a, I saw him in a trailer. Didn't see him in the film, and I watched. Not the whole see, film. see, that's why he doesn't watch trailers. Um, <laughs> and then you do get some more action in the 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 fourth act. Fourth but, act, yeah. But it ends on a to be continued. So that All was right. that was where I you know was sitting there going, I'm like, it's already been over two hours at this point, and I'm like, there's no way they're gonna wrap this up, and then the to be continued comes on the screen. And I was like, ah, uh-huh, so you left there it feeling is. unfulfilled. Yes, that's that's. That's that's my major major gripe with the film is I did not know going in that this was only the second part in a trilogy. Um, having said that, it is just as visually stunning as the first film. Um, in fact, I'd even say more so. They do a lot more mixing in of the different different comic styles, Ooh. the art styles of the entire Spider-Man run. That's what I love which, about the first one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they throw stuff in that I'd completely forgotten about, like oh, cool. certain art styles where you know you, a character will peek through a uh, a portal and you see an entire world <laughs> that's uh, a, um, uh, like uh, I'm trying to think of the artist's name off the top of my head. And I'm totally blanking out. Van but, Gogh. Well, I mean, Monet. Van Gogh is Monet, is one, Monet. but you. I mean, I I was thinking more God, specific, not specific comic comic artists. <laughs> Lightfeld, like yeah. whatever. So Woo. if you were a big like I know Ugh. Kirsten is a big fan of comic artists mm-hmm. and their individual styles, he would know immediately. Like when this happens, be like, oh, that's so and so's style. Right. So um, I do love the introduction of a lot more of the Spider Verse characters in this. But again, be aware that. You're probably going to leave the film unfulfilled because the story is all set up for the next film. It's basically all set up. And that's mm. where I think I, I, like I said, get the hate part in there. And it's hate, hate's a strong word. I was I, disappointed. I was going to say. Did people, when they saw Empire Strikes Back, know that there was going to be a Return of the Jedi? No. I wonder how they felt at the end of that. Well... He did the whole pre-release of Star Wars, A New Hope, Part 4, and then Empire kicked off with uh, Star Wars 5. Right. So it might have been a big hint. Yeah. And back in those days, a lot of things were talked about. So I have a feeling that every reviewer said that this is the middle chapter Mm. of a a middle act of something. Hmm. So so I'm going to totally challenge Todd and say I think they did. I think it was expected that it would, but was it like it, there's definitely it's definitely coming out? Did it say to be continued at the end? Like a no, you know, no. But well, it never says to be continued. Right. I'll never join I, you. It sure did, did in Back yeah. to the Future. Well, and and the original Back to the Future never said to be continued. It wasn't until it was released on VHS that they yeah added in the didn't to see be to, continued, to be and that came after. after. That was two? Back to the Future Part Two. Yeah, yeah. But they hadn't even started shooting Back to the Future Part Two when they were originally going to release Back to the Future on VHS and when they had announced that they were going to have part two, they added in the to be continued on all of the <laughs> on all of the uh, the VHS copies of Back to the Future. So if your first and only viewing of Back to the Future was the original VHS copy or in the movie theater, there was no to be continued. 
heck, at the end of part two, we saw scenes from part three. Yep, that was that was really cool. When I, I remember seeing on that the, in the theater the and just going, in the no, theater. no, in the theater. In the theater, that was one of the few times that you had a movie giving you scenes from the next film. You so know, that didn't teased. They, didn't, did they um, fill two and three back to back? I yes, they did. They've, okay. they've, well, yeah, consecutively. Yeah. So all right, all right. we went to go see Back to the Future 2 in the theater, my sister mm-hmm. and I, when we were staying with my grandparents, and my grandpa made us leave. We didn't get to watch the movie. Really? Yeah. What, why? I, he, something offended him. <laughs> um, I don't exactly remember. Flying cars! That's when, the devil! <laughs> but yeah, we didn't get to see much of the film before he made us leave. They must have, wow. to him, cussed like one too many times. I don't know. I can't even remember why. He just, girls were leaving. What? Okay. That film? Wow. I know. So my mom, fun story, same movie theater, different time. It was when um, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective came out, at the first one. And um, I was in junior high. I think it was eighth grade, something like that. And my mom took us to see it with a friend. And my mom... <laughs> He got. We got to the scene where he starts talking with his ass to his boss, and my mom's like, "Nope." <laughs> 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 Which is fine because Jim Carrey's comedy is not. I don't like Jim Carrey's comedy. It's not funny to me. It's way too ridiculous <laughs> and over the top. I like his actual acting, like Truman Show, well, things like that. I have to give some kudos to the parenting here, because if Barry's mother had taken him out of Caligula and let him watch it all the way, <laughs> we probably would have a different Barry to this day. Let's be honest, totally I don't different. think Barry's mom probably ever saw a movie with him. <laughs> she just let him go go do go. whatever. Yeah, That's pretty right. much. Yeah. And I grew up fine. <laughs> 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 Let's see, you have no patience for anything or anyone. Oh, nope. Shoot. You don't do anything. You don't do you anything. Sit here and stare at the wall. I do nothing. I had it. Oh. She's got her fingers out like she's ready to go through five, <laughs> six, seven, eight. I had smoke candy cigarettes. <laughs> you Great. don't pick up after yourself. I do pick up after myself. No, you don't. Not all the time, but she I do. She just does it a month later. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'll get to it. I never said I wasn't going to do that. I'll get to it. Actually, that actually brings up a funny thought. Here we go. I was just saying... Uh, I, I I think I've only seen two films in the theater with my father in my entire life. Uh, he just he's not interested in movies. Like my mom and I were the ones that always would go see movies together. So and it, ironically, one of the two films that I saw with my father was uh, uh, Three Amigos. Oh, it's such a good movie. <laughs> then the other one was I wanted to see uh, Transformers the movie really bad when that came out. And uh, my oh, mom the, was like out of town. My dad surprised the hell out of me. He goes like, I'll take you to see it. And I'm like, you? Really? Okay. It's the animated one. <laughs> yeah, the animated yeah. one. Yes. The good one. Yeah, because the first one, that came out in like the late 90s, early 2000s, something like that. Yeah. Uh, 2007. Transformers the movie was what, 86, right? The first sure. Transformers the first was 2006. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Transformers Uh-oh. the movie, the animated one. Animated My God, one. Yeah. Deb just aged right in front of us, folks. Uh, you're, you both are talking about different movies. <laughs> yes, we <laughs> are. We <laughs> absolutely <laughs> are. <laughs> I am very aware of that. The literal title is Transformers the movie. That's yes. not what she's talking about, Jeff. She's talking about the, I know she, the Michael, Michael Bay, Bay bullshit. I know what yeah. she's talking about. I don't I don't accept that as a Transformers movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you need to shut Understood. the fuck up, Todd. <laughs> And stay in your fucking. In fact, stay in your lane. Get off the highway. Yeah, 86, eighty-six, motherfucker. Apparently, I was right. It was eighty-six. But yeah, wow. those are the two films that I saw with, with my dad. With Shia LaBeouf. Transformers, the movie, and 
Nine? Three Amigos. 2009. <laughs> now, three it Amigos was fun. is an amazing It was movie. fun watching my dad laugh hysterically at Three Amigos. Aww. He just he laughing like crazy. I a uh, great story from a friend. <laughs> great story. Um, he is uh, he was uh, married to mm-hmm. a woman who had a daughter from a previous relationship. Girls like eight or nine years old. I don't know. And uh, they saw Ace Ventura. Mm-hmm. And since uh, then, the daughter loved to do the little butt talking thing. Oh God! Oh no! And one time, she jumped up on the bed. <laughs> And uh, she bent over and did the butt talking thing, and she wasn't wearing any pants or anything. Oh, oh no! no. And, and he's oh. just like, I just seen my stepdaughter's butthole, <laughs> talking butthole. And he's like, he's he's he just, I'm I'm gonna just sit here and wait for the FBI, <laughs> and child protection services to come get me. He he was just like, he he eventually talked to her and said, Yeah, maybe uh, tell her not to do that to me anymore <laughs> please or she'll remember it wrong when she's older yeah. it's just i could especially like i mean and that was that was like uh, 20 years ago right yeah, i mean you know however long ago but uh man today today i think i would Relax. literally soil myself in terror and and just lock myself in a closet and never come out because i know that as soon as i step foot out the door that van's gonna come by and pick me sir, up, you know. sir. Yeah, <laughs> holy crap! It's terrifying. I thought it was twenty-five years ago. It's twenty-nine years ago. Oh well, came yes, out. early nineties. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I was in middle school, junior high. My God, I remember seeing at that original Ace Ventura with my friend Jason in the theater. We just we died. We died laughing. It was so funny. Just, uh. <laughs> It just, that, it was, just is so it was, wistful. Right it was now. the most, <laughs> yes. At that particular point in time, it was the most ridiculous thing we'd ever seen. It was just, it, it was, was that. so, yeah. it was so goddamn ridiculous. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, before I kick off with what I did, uh, just throwing it out there, Clockwork Torgo is taking nominations. <gasps> uh, Clue? Uh, You're watching Clue, right? Well, well the last oh, one. Oh, no. Well, here, here's the thing. Uh, the three nominations this round are Clue, of course, uh, Risky Business, and war games. They can wait. <laughs> you haven't seen war games? Yeah, you haven't seen that one. <laughs> Would you Dude, like oh, to okay. play a so, game? <laughs> the fuck is wrong with your life? Barry. How do you run a pop culture podcast? <laughs> Fucking hell, you anger me. I know. Barry. We've, been, we've been fooled. We've been snookered. Barry, the story gets better. I, I, when I, we lived together, he would come home from work sometimes, and you know, if war games is on, I'll watch it. Because it's working. Because it's, it's, it's a fucking awesome film. Yes. And Wait, I remember how vividly. How could you enjoy exactly. Ready Player One? <laughs> exactly. With that. Mm. <laughs> well, I don't think on, he really enjoyed on Ready one Player occasion, One. <laughs> I didn't understand anything. On one occasion, <laughs> he came home and he goes, Oh, you're watching War Games again. And I'm like, Yeah. So he and had still, opportunity. Oh, multiple opportunities. Well, and what the hell? He's, I'm, I'm almost he's, 50. I've had lots of opportunities. He's, he's absorbed <laughs> scenes right by, but never never the through story. Well, here's the thing. I never felt I had to watch it because it's one of those movies that you absorb through the zeitgeist. No, where, it's where, not. Where it's like, like okay, a it's about bit. a guy who plays a, a video game. Bit. It turns out that it's not a video game. It's an actual program that almost he starts- He hacked it. Uh, First he, of all, he hacked into their computer system. Well, well sure. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm generalizing well, here. Went in the back Todd, don't self-spoil. <laughs> 
and uh, and crisis is averted, and that's <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah. four games. It's like me remembering <laughs> young Einstein with the <laughs> The Inquisition, mate. <laughs> that's what's gonna happen because you've seen it in bits and pieces. That's right. It eventually happened to you. Except young Einstein is shit. And War Games is actually good. Well, here's the thing. Right now, the vote in the uh, the Kofi Forum is neck and neck. Uh, it's it's equal Clue and War Games. Either one of those would be okay, but whichever one doesn't win gets to be next month. Uh, no, a new vote happens. <laughs> or Shock I, Monkeys, you got to make this fucking shit happen. I, we could just have you over for a two movie feature. As as a fan, that's not how this works. As Two a fan movies. of cinema, I need him to watch all three of these films because I've never seen a, Risky Business. It is a Greek tragedy that he has see? never seen these eh. three films. Deb has never seen Risky Business. Eh. I'm absolved. Eh. No, you're not. No, I don't. Oh, I don't agree with that. Eh. No, I think I think Risky Business that actually kind of set the tone for the the 80s yes. teen. Yes, uh, comedy. Yeah, most Did of it. those. Yes, I was Did a yes. kid, so Did most it. of those I haven't yes. seen. Did it? Yes. I can't go. <laughs> like yeah. I, I haven't really seen except for Breakfast Club. I haven't really seen any of what's her name's eighties. Molly Ringwald. Molly it was a movies. foundational That's film, Barry, one. as far as setting up that that genre. It it's it doesn't stand alone as setting the groundwork, oh, but no. it, is, it is a part of yeah that structure in the early eighties mm-hmm. of setting up what is going to be the the eighties teen. You you're you're racing into drama. you're racing Hollywood's racing along with yes. uh, Porky's, yes. Revenge of the Nerds, and all that. And then See, I've seen those risky business comes along. Yes, and actually, really just changes changes how they they even yeah, look you, at doing teen comedy. You get you get more Breakfast Club type stuff. Yeah. You get more um, Pretty in Pink. Yes. You you get more of those types of comedies, you know, comedies with some intelligence behind them as opposed to a lot of the movies where they just like, oh well they're all a bunch of idiots right. and they're gonna do and stupid it's, things. Not just and, physical farces. Yes. So so. Uh, lot, <coughs> lot less physical comedy, uh lot less slapstick, a lot more Right. Lot less sex romp. Yeah. They're all sex romp comedies. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but then it also leads to like St. Elmo's Fire. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little indulgent, that one. Yeah, a little bit. Well, that wasn't a teen comedy. That was more of a young adult that that didn't... I still feel St. Elmo's Fire fell a little flat, but... (laughs) Fell a lot flat. (laughs) Song didn't help either. (laughs) It's not a bad film. It just... It's great. You go enjoy it over there. (laughs) All right, Shock Monkeys, you I, know what to do. I, I have watched uh, Saint Elmo's Fire recently because I've oh. never, I've never seen it before. So I watched yeah. it in the last like. Actually, I think it was for the pandemic. I've never seen it before, it. so I watched it. Like he really means that when and he says that excuse. I, yeah, it's it's not good. Yeah, it really isn't. That Saint Elmo's Fire is very. It's like why don't we make a John Hughes comedy and take all the comedy out? Yeah, thank, thank you. Well, that that is, that is a lot. That and. Uh, uh, to a certain degree, meaning, right? You know, I mean, because because Hughes's stuff always had some kind of meaning in it. There was always something behind it, right? There, there really, there Saint Elmo's Fire. There really wasn't much of anything anywhere. <clears throat> so I don't know, except for that cool thing that Rob Lowe did with the spray can and lighter. Don't try that at home. Yeah, don't do that. No. Uh, so uh, by the time you hear this, the decision's probably been made. So uh, 
Uh, but uh, the votes are coming in, so next week I'll have I'll know what I'll be watching. So so it's up to you, Kofi members. You you decide my fate. Uh, just to piss them off, though, make it war games. <laughs> <laughs> well, piss off, Dad. Uh, book suggestion. I, I read a book I really, really enjoyed, and uh, they're becoming few and far between how much I enjoy these books uh, that I've been reading. They, I've read a lot of meh books lately, but this one, episode 13 by Craig DeLouis, uh, was really impressive. Uh, it's done in that uh, House of Leaves style, and by that I mean it's almost like you're an investigator reading documents, and the story is told in those documents email uh back and forth text messages um transcripts of epistolary it is it's really fun to just say okay i'm an investigator and i'm reading this in that's my assistants put together in chronological order and i'm finding out what happened to these people uh episode 13 is about a ghost hunting show that finds proof of ghosts and their disappearance afterwards and what happened to them very well done. Really fun the way it's all laid out. And uh, characters I really, really enjoyed and in some cases enjoyed hating. But the overall story turns into something else further along the way. I'll, I'll uh, kind of just hint it if you've seen uh, as, a, so, as Above, So Below. Uh, kind of similar in that regard. Uh, but I enjoyed it beginning to end. It was one of those things where I didn't think they'd stick the landing, and they did. So episode 13, Craig DeLouis, quick and easy read and a lot of fun. Uh, definitely horror genre. wouldn't recommend it for you, Deb. Got it. Even though I like those types of stories, it's too scary. Yeah, th- this one gets a little intense in places. Got it. And, and Ooh, some, they talk out of their butts. So, oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, no, With something, no else, something else talks out of their butts. It's impressive. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> yeah. Now you got my attention. Uh, I've also been playing a game that uh, I didn't start out liking, but at by the end of it, I was having an absolute blast with it. Uh, Dead Island 2 finally came out. Dead Island 2 has been in development for like friggin' 12 years. Uh, the first one came out. It was all right. It was a you versus the dead. A uh, little arcadey. Uh, think... Uh, 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 what, oh, shoot. What's the one with the night and day cycle? That's, uh, ah, shoot. Oh, the one that you've played before, Barry, I think. Yeah, the, the one that has a parkour focus. Uh, parkour? Yeah. One did? I don't know. It's I, not left for dead. It, it'll probably come to me before the end of this. Uh, in fact, this was dead developed Rising? by... No. no, Dead Rising's crazy over the top and fun in its own way. Uh, this was actually created by, or, or programmed by... Uh, Dying Light. That's the series that I really enjoy. Uh, when I first started this game, it's it's basically the the zombie apocalypse has happened again in another game. Uh, first person, and it's you doing all sorts of quests, and you have a special immunity to the bite. So if you get bitten, you're not going to turn, and someone wants to turn your blood into vaccine. It's about you getting yourself to that. Um, when I started it, it did not gel well for me. And it's my fault because I didn't understand the tone of the game. It's been so long since I played the first one that 
going to the second one, I was kind of having that dying light experience. If you're playing a dying light, you're being pretty careful overall. Dead can overwhelm you real easy. Yeah, you'll fight them. If you've got a few of them here, you'll be fine. But you'll if you get overwhelmed, you're going to get overwhelmed. So you have to be a bit careful. And that's why you're using a lot of the parkour stuff going rooftop to rooftop, trying to avoid the things on the ground. Uh, so I kind of had that mentality going in. It's like, I have to be careful. I have to be a little stealthy and so on. No, that is the wrong way to approach this game. This game is all about getting up at a bunch of zombies and kicking their butts because you are a friggin' superhero. It's just arcadey zombie punching fun. Uh, you have multiple characters to choose from. I chose one that was very annoying. And one thing about this game, once you choose your character, unless you start a new game, you can't choose another character. Yeah. Interesting. So I, you'll see a bunch of stats for characters. I based mine on stats. Don't do that if you play Dead Island 2. Pick the character that you... Like the story that they tell you, the little blurb about yes, them? Yes. Choose your character based on who you want to be. Because the character I chose... I eventually grew to like her, but it took half the game to get there. Ah. And so she just, this really, but the game is also really over the top. It's, it knows it's satire. A lot of the characters you run to are caricatures and there's some decent comedy writing in this. This game is an action comedy when it comes down to it. I finished it all, played through the storyline. Storyline probably took about 15 hours to go through, and there's still more stuff to do afterwards. The game can continue as long as you want it to, or you can start a new one, of course. Um, so it ha by the time I was done with it, I was still enjoying the combat. The co combat was really, really satisfying. And as you go, you add... Uh, you have basically a card deck of basic abilities that you can switch out that will change how you want to build your character. Uh, the, the game has shooting in it, but don't. There's no reason to. This game is about getting up with blades, so pick weapons, and, and big hammers and attaching flamethrowers to them and just going nuts. So being, being Negan? That's what you're saying? Uh, Negan uh, on steroids with a big dumb injection in his brain. Yes, that is what it is. Just go out and Hunt. have a ball. The, the one really fun, disgusting thing about it is who it, the group that programmed this, I, is it Deep Silver? I'm not sure. Um, really did a good job with gore. Like, like that was a focus. If you are hitting something with a blade or a hammer or one of the many other, a pike, whatever, so many weapons you can find, they did fantastic zombie damage. When you hit them in the face, they will look like they got hit in the face with an axe. Not just blood spurting out. Right. Or it's not random. You will take a face off. It's brilliant. If you so if if gore turns you off, not your game. But why are you playing a zombie game if you don't like gore? Yeah. Uh, the storyline, not bad. All right, it's not as good as Dying Light's story when it comes down to it. But Dying Light's got a little deeper thing going with it. Uh, however, for an arcadey beat 'em up, yeah, it was a fun story. By the time it was done, I was like, yeah, that was satisfying. Uh, now they're sending me Diablo Four, and I couldn't be happier about that. Ooh. You know, it, it that reminds me of when I was watching the behind the scenes for Left for Dead, and they were talking about they actually the the uh, developers 
actually had what they called the murder book, which was a book of graphic injuries. Oh, for them wow. to, that to makes animate and work from. And they said that it was so psychologically uh, impactful, they actually had to give it up because they just, after a while, nobody could handle going through the book and, and working on making the... I imagine. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. They, I can see that affecting people at a real... Yeah, they basic were, they animal were, level. Yeah, they were like we we moved from that to you know like, uh, uh, you take a knife and and slash across fiberglass insulation. <laughs> That's how you're going to design the flesh wound because <laughs> it just, yeah they yeah. could not deal with the real thing anymore. It was just too much. I imagine. Yeah, that's yeah. got to really hit you. Yeah. And also, my wife and I took a little uh, Jordan Peele journey. Uh, we oh. watch. I mean, it's only got three movies that he's released, but we watched all three of them this week. Uh, get oh, Jordan out. Peele. Yeah, Get Out, Us, and Nope. Um, nope. Uh, nope. Nope. That's the that name of his last one. There's a science fiction movie, for lack nope. of a better genre. And it's really hard to pigeonhole his last Nope. It is a nope. genre-defying film, but definitely within genre pictures. Uh, I and uh, both my, my wife and myself love his directing style uh he writes all of his movies and so he has absolute control over them and much like uh uh stanley kubrick there's nothing in there that isn't supposed to be there everything is a design choice for a reason Mm. and that man loves to throw easter eggs and everything foreshadowing things there when you see it and you watch it again you will see things that you missed the first time it rewards re-watching so nope crazy over the top us jordan peele makes twilight zone movies it makes sense that they put him in charge of twilight zone mm. uh, because that's his movie style mm. uh, yes he leans horror in those um and i love that he does but they're just long twilight zone episodes all with something to say, and it's really impressive. So we really enjoyed that journey as well. Kay, what'd you do this week? Uh, well, I played some Gloomhaven, and um, that was actually it was really it was really fun when because well, first of all, we determined that you will eventually fulfill your life thingy, your life choice for your character, and yeah. and retire it. And uh, just to explain, when you play Gloomhaven, you start a new character, you are randomly <clears throat> given two cards, and each one has a a life goal for that character. Yeah, you fulfill certain mechanical uh, criteria, and boom, your character's life is complete. Right, and once you do that, you must then retire that character and choose another. Yeah, you must, which is really funny, because... Todd and I had just finally gotten a system <clears throat> and a synergy going with this particular bunch. Uh, well, I'm sure it's it's hard, especially with just two. But you are yeah. you each playing two characters? No, no. So it's Todd one. would not uh, dare even think of that. So that's so. gotta be rough because you've got to cover. It's they it's flip? it's work. It, it is work, but the the game has a lack of a better word an equation to make the level kind to of what fit. the the characters are whether you have two three or four if you have four characters you'll add more monsters and make it harder so if you have two characters you're not fighting as many monsters as you would with a four-player game now he was the beast master dude so he had that bear 
and he'd summon up and we we basically made the bear the tank and I would sit there and I would support it. I would do some attacking, but I would also like Which character do you play? I play the Sunkeeper. So we've not played either. Oh uh, yeah, these are yeah, things you these don't are, know. These are unlocks. So we're 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 doing this and he retires and I'm like, oh shit. And you know, Todd being Todd, he just goes and picks up the the unlock and I'm a playing this. And so we're looking at things and I'm like, oh shit, what are we gonna do for a tank now? We Our need, synergy's gone. We need somebody to get in there and rough things up because we're fucked. And I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to be doing with this thing anyway? Todd does not want me to look ahead, find, you know, what does this symbol mean? What, you know, I can't do any of that. But I figured I'm not cheating, Todd cheating. <clears throat> if I Google, what the fuck does the Sunkeeper do yeah. in Gloomhaven? Strategies <clears throat> for Sunkeeper. And I looked at it, and all the forums are like, oh, that's the best tank. <laughs> And I'm like, and you're like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> so it's like, this I, is it. I know your role now. We've got the, we've got, we've already got the tank. And I'm like, oh, it doesn't get any better than this. And my new guy Yay. seems to be a glass cannon. So. Oh my God. His guy is so fucking glass cannon. So it, <laughs> Which it, class is it? Uh, I don't want to reveal that. Oh. So what? one question. When you pick a new, they start, the it's new a, character. It's, it's a sealed box. <laughs> He doesn't want us to know because we haven't unlocked it yet. Um, <laughs> do you start over at one, that new character? No. You start over at the level of Gloomhaven. As you as you grow the prosperity of the city, uh, you'll hit uh, prosperity one, prosperity two, prosperity three. What if you three. drop your prosperity? Uh, if you drop... <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not talking your party... Uh, Ranking your okay. reputation, <laughs> reputation. Okay. No, no. I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking prosperity of the city. I don't think that goes down to prosperity of the city. Are you sure? Reputation <laughs> could go down, and that will absolutely fuck oh you my with God, the city. That is so hilarious. We've maxed out our reputation. We can't go any higher. Are you kidding? Yeah. We're negative. <laughs> Choices were made. Actually, Barry acts as the like. He reads the scenario, so he votes last. Ah. Always votes last. So the rest of the three of us do that. I still that. feel like there's a lot of blame on Barry. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my God. Based on experience, I guess. Oh, oh, God. It's one of those games. It really is oh, yeah. one of those games, though, that sometimes your choices, the Suck. one you think is the right answer, and it really is, is the one you get a negative thing for. Because someone screws you over or whatever. Though oh, yeah. sometimes the whole group has been like, fuck that guy. Let's rob him. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. We've done that. I like our group. <laughs> oh, shit. So, yeah, if you so what if your prosperity is in a negative? No, <laughs> the Gloomhaven's on fire. We have to move to Frosthaven. <laughs> <laughs> but if you raise the city level of, uh, through the prosperity of Gloomhaven itself, okay. uh, then your character starts at a minimum of the prosperity level. So our city is level four, so I will start my character at level four. And my, my current character is six. Um, and it actually is kind of cool because then uh, Todd sat there after he cracked it open and he had to level up and get him to level four, which was good for planning and synergization. And, do you and, get like base gold when that happens too so you can buy things or do you yeah. like get the same stuff that your old character had you don't get no you everything your character had goes back to the city oh it all goes away what you about start the gold? uh the gold all goes away as well wow. so spend it there's no reason to keep it yeah really uh 
the uh, uh, but if uh, this is the second character I've retired, uh, so every time you retire one, you gain extra perks too on top of it. So even though I'm a level four character, I have six levels worth of perks. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. But uh, but yeah, Gloomhaven either. Yeah, so uh, that was cool, and I I was just yeah, so I was a little disenchanted. I'm like, oh, God. Well, I guess we keep going where we're going. Now I really have to get in the thick of things because there's no bear to send in there. Wow. <clears throat> and it's really funny because even when he was the Beast Lord, uh, Todd would sit in the back. Sometimes he wouldn't even leave the first room because he could command the bear whatever distance. Mark singering that shit, huh? It's, yeah. It's, so, 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 so we're completely across the dungeon fighting, and he's waiting to back. He might move to pick up coins. Fucker would pick <laughs> up coins. <laughs> uh, let me just grab that while yeah. we're waiting. The only thing that really fucks you with that character with that, though, is that since all my character moves is just doing the bear and staying where I'm at, is that if you're in a scenario where you have to leave the other side... Of it, all of a sudden, my ass is sitting here back in room one, and everyone's leaving room five, and I'm like, uh, do I yeah. get all that way now? Yeah. Or uh, there was that one scenario that was basically circular. You hated that. So, well, yeah, because moving, not every card has a move either, unless you just use the base two, yeah. which and doesn't get you very far. Yeah. Now so. Bear is driving car. No way. <laughs> it was So that's fun. The other thing I did, I've uh, we're going into print at the magazine, so I haven't had a lot of time. But I did manage to. I was jumping around YouTube, and I stumbled across uh, Dark Corners reviews. You know, they do um, movie reviews, like horror movies and stuff, and they're really cool because they do tons. I've gotten a lot of Hammer horror history lore through that Universal monster stuff. What is Hammer <coughs> horror? Hammer oh, horror. Oh, the, the, my heart, my heart just hurt. You know, the, the, the British oh, Dracula. Celery. The British uh, Frankenstein, Christopher Lee, and uh, Peter Cushing. And all. Wow, we got a clockwork Deb. Oh, no, she doesn't like horror. Yeah. But this it's is barely horror. It's, it's not horror yeah. like these days where yeah. people's faces are torn off and assholes are hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> no, it's, it's like Dracula, it's, Frankenstein. It's, yeah, I mean, very classic, those... If it's considered like more like classic film, that's not really super. Yeah. So I yeah, I mean it's it's the, it's basically the next iteration after the universal horror, yeah. you know, of the early twentieth century, the the black and white ones. It's British looking at Universal monsters, going, "Let's do, do it that better. now." Yeah, yeah, we'll do that in yeah, Technicolor. I've, in fact, I've actually heard it described as it's like uh, Universal monsters through a British lens. Mm-hmm. I've actually heard it described yeah. as that, and it's it's so, but. Uh, and there's See, not uh, everyone is an old fuck like us that knows everything. There's a uh, huh? Huh? No. Huh? <laughs> Who no. knows everything? Why? Are you referring to yourself? We, wait, we, we know well, things. At least know about like hammer horror. And we shit. know things since when? <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, what? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so why do we always come here? So th- I guess we'll never know. They're really good. It's, it's like th- a kind of torture. This guy does a really the show that great. <laughs> Power through, power through. <laughs> they, they do a really great perfect. reviews of different type of horror movies. And their universal reviews were actually very informative as well because he gets very kind of historical. Uh, he does this beautiful two-parter on Bela Lugosi um, as Dracula and that whole history. But what I watched <clears throat> the other the other night he did this thing on the Wolfman, 
uh, as portrayed by Lon Chaney Jr. And this was an incredibly empathetic uh, look into uh, Lon Chaney Jr.'s life and uh, his performance being the son of the great silent film star Lon Chaney. It's the guy who did the original Phantom of the Opera, the famous makeup. Yeah, stuff well, like fans that. got nards. Man, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> Man of a Thousand Faces. And it was it was an amazing, it was actually an amazing, it was like 23 minutes, 25 minutes, and it was an amazing look into his life as well as the Wolfman uh, uh, oeuvre of movies, which Wolfman is my favorite of the Universal Monsters, so I really looked, I really enjoyed that part. But the just the look at Long Cheney's life, his analysis of the movies was a, was really really quite remarkable. Well, it's one of the more tragic <clears throat> characters of the Universal yeah. Monsters. Yeah, because, and you know it's that's that it's the fate that he didn't choose. And right. all yeah, and, and yes. every movie is is long is uh, Larry Talbot yeah. trying to get killed. He's yeah. trying to die. It's and like stay dead. It's like he's painfully aware of what he does. Yeah. and can't do anything about it. And and none of it was his choice. Yeah, he just he and he, you know. And Jeff, this guy goes through every single one of them, right through uh, House of Frankenstein, House of Dracula, oh, wow. Abbott and Costello <laughs> meet Frankenstein. Nice. Um, he he runs the whole gamut. Uh, and Cheney just uh, had a had a hell of a life. Um, he uh, tried to avoid his dad's shadow. And for a while, he acted under his original name, Creighton Cheney. But eventually, uh, when they did The Wolfman, that's when they pushed him to do Lon Chaney Jr. <clears throat> Actually, I think he did Lon Chaney Jr. a little earlier than that, but Wolfman, they dropped the Jr. Doing the werewolves. One of the things I didn't know is that uh, his father and mother divorced when he was really young. And his father wanted his mother out of his life so bad, he told him she was dead. And it wasn't until years after his father died Jesus. that he found out she was alive. And this guy actually put up a promotional picture of Cheney with his mom after he found out, you know, she was alive and who she was and stuff. And, I mean, never mind the fact that nowadays... How do you even do that, <clears throat> right? You it's, wouldn't be able to. Yeah, you know, it's just like that. Unless uh, that person didn't live on the internet at all. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it just it's just there's no way, there's no way that you could do that. In but, in the early days of cinema, there were only a handful of stars that could pull stuff like that off. Yeah, and Lon Chaney was one of those. Yeah, and it, and I it was just, just command so much power. Uh, so much so that even some of the studios were afraid of like him. Yeah, in those days, so it, it was. It's just it. It was you know. So that was like a big revelation. But just talking about the work for the Wolfman, um, the makeup and all that stuff, and then the stories. And God, this guy he doesn't dismiss these early movies as just you know like so many people do. He really looks into them with depth and gives them, you know, you find a lot more meaning in them than you originally would have thought. And it's just, it's absolutely, uh, 
it, it, it's amazing. So I really did enjoy that. And Dark Corners reviews, actually, they do. This guy does wonderful reviews across the board. So I definitely would always recommend that channel. But this one was put out maybe eight months ago, and it's uh, it's about the Wolfman, Lon Chaney Jr., and it's a real, it's a real beautiful uh, uh, story, just like his coverage of Bela Lugosi, which was actually also quite remarkable. So I definitely recommend that and think people should look into that. Whether you like the old-style monsters or whether you just like film in general, film history in general, I think you're going to find this very interesting and very cool. So, And that's really about it. I caught up on my nights at the dinner table, read a whole bunch of issues. Once again, thank you, Microscope. That's been fun. I, I have a question. Uh-oh. When you said we, I'm sorry, I'm calling it back to like the, the beginning of this when Jeff and I were fucking around. Did you say, point out to Kirsten that hey, we rhymed? You do knew we were doing Statler and Waldorf, right? No. <laughs> it's the it's the definitive of how she did that. No. That. <laughs> yep. Like, that wasn't fuck bad. you. No, I That's don't. It was right. all bad. <laughs> <laughs> Statler and Waldorf. The Muppets. Yes. Yes. Well, show. I know, but the I don't. The two old guys up in the <laughs> yes, boxes who it. hate coming there. I just love it, Todd, because it's it's so soul. Cr- it's like, mommy, I want to be an astronaut. No, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just so soul crushing. It's just so crap. You know, where are your candy cigarettes, man? It's not letting the air out of the balloon. It's popping it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's taking that balloon and just squeezing it until it cries for mercy. And, then squeezing harder. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Deb. It's, yes. it's, it's your floor. What time is it? <laughs> <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. Yay! Yeah. Waka waka. <laughs> that was a Fuzzy Muppet. Bear. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I watched the Muppets. <laughs> I just didn't realize you guys were whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Everybody remember Movie Pass? Yes. Yes. Kirsten remembers. Kirsten remembers it well. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So for those of you who don't remember, it was a service that let you spend $10 a month in order to go see unlimited movies at the theater, which quickly ran into problems and had to change the rules, which made no one happy. Shortly after I joined. They have (laughs) launched another version of MoviePass. Oh, boy. (laughs) With some updates and changes. There are four plans available now, and Southern California and New York metro area residents also have their own additional because the way that it is going to work. So it lets you spend 10 to 40, 10 to $40 per month That's wide to range. see between one to 30 movies oh. at over 4,000 locations across the country. You can only see standard 2D um, movies and so 3D and large format screens and IMAX are not available through this new version. Fine, okay. Also, the way it works is that you sign up and you get a, a set MoviePass card loaded with credits and so what you when you're paying the 10 to 40 dollars it gives you a certain amount of credits these credits are what you use to buy the ticket so depending on the day of the week or the time of the show the cost of said ticket would be different so the credits that you get preloaded on this card will last you less or more times depending on if you're one of those people that goes to a movie at 2 p.m on a tuesday or 9 p.m on a friday this is kind of like dave dave and buster cards then where it's like Reload. The crappy ski ball over there costs two, uh, but the Rock of Sock and Robot monsters cost eight credits. Yes. Yeah. 
You can save up to two months of credits at a time on the card. Um, but just know that right now it is only in beta, meaning that prices and how all of this works is all subject to change. Oh, that's coming. Change is coming. We, we know them. And, and folks, if, if I do join, I vow right here and now I will announce it a week before I actually do join. So you can cancel and get the fuck out before I inevitably destroy it. This is true. <laughs> because and, when I when I join, it that's when everything goes wrong. Right. Goes to shit. And prepare yourself to hear the scream over the horizon coming from this direction. No! And you yeah. said you we could stay up to like thirty movies, but you know those are gonna be like at two PM on a Tuesday when people, yes. you know, work. And are there thirty movies worth seeing every month that are released? No. No. I don't think so. Well, you know what? I uh, Now, granted, this was at Galaxy, and I don't even know if like that would be one of the locations. Probably. But uh, I, that was like 13, 15 bucks or something like that. It was, it was expensive to go see, and that was not a nighttime show. I mean, the, the prices are leaping up that when I heard 40 a month, it's like... Maybe. If you see four or more movies... It's worth and it. that forty is worth it. Yeah, yeah. Because if like, you squeeze four more when movies you out had of the this, pass, how how often were you using it? I I was using mine uh, like uh, two three times a month. I and I would go back and forth. There was there were months I didn't use it, but then there were months where I went every week. Right. You know, but like like we joke. Right when I joined is when they made the major changes. So like. Uh, Andy and my friend Doug Citizen, massive, he's a fellow caricaturist of Andy's, massive Star Wars fan. This is the guy who has a lightsaber tattooed across up and down his spine. Yikes. This guy saw uh, whichever Star Wars movie came out at that time. Might have been Force Awakens. Uh, he saw it like a, a jillion times using MoviePass. And that was what inspired me. Ooh, this sounds good. And I was like, ooh, Avengers is coming up. This is going to be great. And bam, they imposed all the restrictions and everything. Can see first release movies and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, right after I joined. I got, I got one, maybe two good weeks out of it. And then it all went down. Must have hell. been in the theater for at least a month. But if you can, I think, if you can squeeze four movies in that month that you would you would pay to go see in the movie theater this system depending on the theaters might work for you yeah i mean the last time barry and i went to see when we went and saw um um guardians of the galaxy the third one we went it wasn't even a late show it was like a oh we did go to a later movie but anyway it was regular galaxy not imax or anything it was regular theater and it cost us over 40 bucks for the two tickets, yeah, it it it. I mean, they're just they're doing the the regular the uh, irregular tiered pricing now, yeah. depending on the movie, depending on when, and all that stuff. So, well, here's here's something that that bothers me a little bit about this pricing structure here is because a lot of theaters are now doing these discount Tuesday deals where you can see a movie between five dollars and ten dollars. Uh huh. So. Theoretically, if you go every Tuesday on a month, you could see it for less than this movie pass right there. So, I mean... Well, if you're available on Tuesday. Right, in the middle of the day. Yeah. Well, but see, that's the thing, is it's not just certain showings that you get the discount on Discount Tuesday. It's all the showings. Like your matinees are around 6 bucks. 
your evening shows are around nine to ten dollars, and that tops out at that price. Yeah, but point. but uh, nine to ten dollars. Mm-hmm. There's four, maybe five Tuesdays in a month. Right. You've hit your forty. Yeah. And that's with the cheap tickets. But if you go on a matinee, it's if less you go than, on a matinee, but Jeff, you know, but yeah, if you're going I mean, to the evening like show, sitting at this table, mm-hmm. that's you and me, right? Right. These two, even though they work at home, they have to be home available, and and, yeah. and, and obviously home to their employers. And Todd is just you know fucked up and Todd, weird. Todd's fucking Todd. So he's on Todd time. So it's like for you and me, that totally works. And and that is Vegas, but the, the the whole country ain't like Vegas. No. So a lot of people can't take advantage of that Tuesday matinee. A lot of and God, the number of people who hate going to the movies in daytime, yeah, is weird. It is so I weird. I love going to the movies. So I don't mind, but see, it is so weird. Some it's people rough. hate it. It's rough. it depends on the movie, but there are some times when we'll go to a film and you come out and it's still light outside, and I just it's almost like. It doesn't feel right. When you've had those days where you just feel so exhausted, you take a nap, and then you wake up from that nap, and all you do is feel exhausted for the rest of the day, that's what it kind of feels like to me. I'm not kidding. It's like you walk out of the theater, and you're like, what the? Yeah. Why the sun is I still I convinced up? some friends in college one time to go see a movie during the afternoon, and when we stepped out, we went to the very first showing of the day, and when we stepped out of the theater at 1 p.m., my friends were shell-shocked. They were just like, oh my God, it's still light. I can't, oh, oh. And they they were fucked. It was like jet lag yeah. or some Tanya. kind of thing. They, it's a it, thing. It fucked up their day. It's really weird. You gotta plan ahead. Like we would go to see the, the Sunday matinee it, when we lived in Houston, we'd go to Torchy's Tacos. I'd yeah. load up on uh, the, those ranch yeah. hands and Bloody Marys, and then we'd go to the movies, and then we'd have the whole rest of the day to do yes, whatever. But I, we planned for it. Yeah. I loved it. I, I would love yeah. going to, to matinees. Even when I, I was doing n- nine to fivers and I would have to go on a Saturday or less something. Less people, less kids. Yes. Oh, well, well yeah. that's, that's It depends the on the day of the week. It, it, yes. And, and, and it also whether depends on if it's an Alamo draft house. And it also depends on whether <laughs> school is in session or not. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. if you go on a matinee in the summertime, mm-hmm. Be ready to have you're lots gonna, you're gonna be and fucked. lots of kids. But I yeah, just, I mean, school year. Alamo draft house shirt. That's I awesome. When, I, when yeah. I went to Spider-Verse, I thought, because I picked a very late show, like 10.40 p.m., uh-huh. so it doesn't actually start till after 11. Did you get 11. The, the people bringing their kids? Oh, the my God. Yeah. There, were, there, yep. were, there were people in the back of the theater. Fortunately, they were far enough back in the theater that I didn't hear them, but there were at least 10 kids in that theater that not one of them was over the age of 12. Yeah. Jeff. And I'm sitting here babysitters going... Babysitters cost, man. But the... <laughs> The movie doesn't get out till almost one thirty in the I morning. Know, so I know. We've, we've been to movies in the last few years where it was like a 10 p.m. show. Yeah. And it was not a movie you should bring kids to, period. Oh, yeah. I know what time of day. And these people have their toddler with yeah. them. Oh, yeah. The second they walked in the theater, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? That's real. Yep. You shouldn't be at this movie if you can't find a babysitter. And it's of course, like, it's making noise. It's not like this is a new problem. When I saw the yeah. original Candyman in the theater, there was a toddler in it. This has been See, happening why, for decades. I love, so this I love, is why I love Alamo Draft House because they have a yeah, rule. Yeah. Kids are only allowed at the first showing of the day, period. Unless it's a G movie or a PG movie. They are allowed first movie of the day only. I like it. I think yeah. Galaxy has something with that with the later shows that it's it, you have to be at least 18 because... Mm-hmm. If it's after a certain time. I mean, 
the the more often than not when I've had kids in the theater at a late show, it's been a theater that's not Galaxy. Yeah. You know, like the one or two times that what I want to see is not at Galaxy. There there was a, a joke, Todd, that goes all the way back to the like the forties and fifties. And uh they were talking about it, it was just like a movie reel thing, talking about what to do at the movies and stuff. And one of their things was, and if you have a child with you, make sure to try out our new child movie technology. And they, they used a film clip from this experimental, like, gas protection device for children. And it's like, it literally is like this little iron lung. It's like this steel capsule with a little face plate. And you see the baby's face in it crying <laughs> you know and like the mother cradling it and it it's like yeah that problem goes way back <laughs> put way it back. in a miniature iron lung is that what i'm hearing yeah, it's sort of like that uh <laughs> just you know put them in their little spacesuit with no arms and legs mr from in the iron lung. did they ever experiment with like like a special children only section that's soundproofed like a yeah, with uh, a play place. They actually do have a few theaters, especially even here in town. They have a cry room, which is it's it's in the back. Right? It's got a it's got yeah. a big glass window in the front, and yeah. then they have some theater seats in there, and then they have crawling areas. That's where I and, that's where I sit when I watch the Notebook. Ah, <laughs> so you could cry. Yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah, wow. The, Thanks for explaining that, Barry. If you don't cry at the Notebook, you are. A, a yes, you are Barry. You're a Barry. Barry you're a Barry. <laughs> yes. What if you yawn? <laughs> you're a Barry. You're even more Barry. I do want to amend my statement about Alamo. It also Uh-oh. says PG-13. So, <gasps> but R movies. What the fuck? No kids. No movie of mine is you, ever going to be PG-13. You pull out a phone, they will kick your ass out. It's great. Yeah, I love it too. And it's Texas. Everyone has guns. Yeah, and it's not no <laughs> warnings. It literally says if you pull out your phone during the film, we will escort you out. Period. Kick their ass, you bastard. So if you leave your phone not on silent and it's ringing, you're done. You're done. You, they kick you out of the movie and they done. don't refund your ticket. What? You just, it's not my phone. You're <laughs> done. <laughs> what? It's not my phone. What are you talking about? Yeah. They'll kick sir, your ass out. No. Sir, it's in your pocket. Sir. Yeah. I can see it blinking. It's in my pocket. It's making sound. Yeah, I'm not touching it. No yeah. touchies. Mm-hmm. No oh, touchies. Oh, they'll touch you. <laughs> <laughs> sir. Touch you. I pay extra for that. <laughs> news you don't give a shit about <laughs> yay and i almost forgot what segment we were in we were just chit-chatting <laughs> so i was like oh wait i forgot okay when hbo max made a glitchy transition to the new streaming service max and uh. mind you i got super annoyed because i have hbo and we were we logged into xbox and we we're doing something all of a sudden it was like you need to download a new app yep and you must yeah. i'm like what i the? was just gonna say that like yeah. i went to log in and it was like download the new max app and i'm like i don't want really? to really why why do i have I to can't update this fucking app you have right. to make me and pull a brand new different one. I have to sign in again. I have to yep. go find it's my fucking password. It's such a mess now. You can't find shit. And it's covered with all this reality bullshit. Now. I know. It's yes. awful. The app is 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 broken at the, at the best way wow. I can put it. Well, it was even more broken because a credit section that acknowledged the contributors of writers and directors was completely lost when they did this transition. I saw <gasps> that. Writers, those poor writers. Previously, names of writers, directors, and producers had been listed in separate categories, but Max, which combines content from Warner Brothers Discovery platforms, HBO Max, and Discovery Plus, lumped them together under a new creators category. <laughs> Scorsese's a creator. <laughs> yeah. The change drew ire from TV and film union leaders during an already tense time for the yeah. industry because they are four weeks into an industry-wide strike. Yep. 
Now, Warner Brothers Discovery is apologizing and has said it will restore the credits. We agree that the talent behind the content on Max deserve their work to be properly recognized. We will credit credit correct the credits, which were altered due to an oversight in the technical transition from Bullshit. HBO Max to Max. Yeah, re- well, a- actually, Jeff, isn't actually isn't that like a union violation? Yeah. Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. They have to, which is why they're trying to save face and yeah. say, no, yeah. I'm, we're sorry, it was technical. Yeah, that, that I'm sorry. That is a decision someone made and someone approved. Oh, yeah. yeah. Someone, it sounds like someone got lazy with the database and, and said, just yes. lump them together. You know and what? It, it sounds like somebody who don't know the industry. And apparently they yeah. had, don't know the business is making decisions. They were just running out of time. Yeah. Apparently they had over a year to develop this new app. Yeah. Like for the transition. They were developing a new app that was going to combine all this stuff together. They didn't tell anybody about it because everybody just assumed that it would just be the original HBO Max app that that would be updated just enhanced yeah yeah with with more content and instead they went from scratch and designed a new app and oh my god is it horrible and it doesn't even matter what platform you're on apparently it's a little bit worse on uh like uh, uh roku but uh, uh more people are using the android and the ios or apple tv version and it just it's it's so broken on people both those platforms. People don't understand app development is a fucking nightmare and it is so difficult. The people are just like, oh, just whip up an app. They got one. Give us one. No. It's not. Ha- no. They should have just redid the original one. And call the credits creator. Well, that's that's the thing. Everybody assumed they were going to update the original app and they yeah. find a new yeah. one. Ugh. If it's separate. Uh, no. Nah. Anyway. Yeah. It's, so- it's horrible. The presidents of the Directors Guild of America and the Writers Guild of American West issued a joint statement condemning the creator credit, saying the movie aligns, the move aligns with streaming giants' attempts to minimize the work of its artists. Uh-huh. W- WGA West President Meredith Steham said in the statement that the change echoes the message we heard in our no- negotiations with Alliance of Motion Picture and television producers. You tell them. That writers are marginal, inessential, and should simply accept being paid less and less while our employers' profits go higher and higher. This tone-deaf disregard for writers' importance is what brought us to what we are doing today. Day tw- At this point when the article was written, then day 22 of the strike, and now they're in like week four. Yeah. Yep. DGA President Leslie Linka Gladder said, this devaluation of the individual con- contributions of artists is a disturbing trend. Warner Brothers Discovery's unlat- unilateral move without notice or consultation to collapse directors, writers, producers, and others into a genetic category of creators into their new genetic, max rollout. Gen- a genetic character. Generic. Generic. <laughs> it does say generic. I was reading fast. Leave me alone. It, it, guys, guys. Give, Focus. Give, the, the, the person who wrote this obviously signed a DNA. <laughs> and... <laughs> 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 Max Rollout will re- what bad bad whatever bad, anyway bad, bad. bad fuck you all fuck all y'all I feel vindicated <laughs> you've been Torgo you know it snowballs I know you mess one thing up you laugh you're gonna mess up three more well it doesn't great. help that I'm tired so my eyes are like what anyway excuses excuses <laughs> but yeah so they're just fucking up left and right and I swear to god like yeah. they're lucky that they still have a corporation to yeah run at this point. I mean it's yeah. It's all the studios right now because I know Disney's so got problems weird. too. They're, I mean, th- that was the thing that came out of a lot of the the Writers Guild uh, negotiating team was it's like the 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 absolute silence on the other end. They're like, you know, here's a proposal, nothing. 
No response. Crickets. Well, here's the new proposal. Nothing. It's like the negotiations weren't negotiations. They were us presenting stuff and getting nothing uh, in return other than you should just be happy you have I was a job. Gonna, I was going to jump on it because um, uh, actually with her, with her pronunciation stuttering, I could have sworn Deb at one point said, instead of negotiations, negotiations. Oh, I heard that too. And I was just like, that is a great word. Yeah. <laughs> negotiations. The negotiations. Yeah. Because, yeah, there is negotiations going on. Trademark Geek Shot Clappy. There you go. <laughs> That's right. Negotiations. Negotiations. But, Everybody yeah. drink. Dude, it's, and uh, I don't know. I don't want to sound like some kind of like advocate or something, but. Uh, it's it's nice that everybody is sticking up for the writers too. Oh yeah, because I think of anybody, the writers could probably get their asses kicked if it wasn't for the fact that the DGA and SAG-AFTRA and and actually a lot of the the even the more techie unions weren't actually standing up for them and uh, and showing support. Cause well, it, I mean, it, how it, like okay, yeah, you have this great amazing actor, but. Actors aren't writers, right? And yeah. they have to have good content to yeah. act. And, well, so, and some and actors are writers. Some well, of yeah. them so are. Yes. There's, there's tons there of are members of both. Yeah, members yeah. of both unions. And they can, they can, the, the and the thing like I said before, many actors e- aren't actors. Every motherfucker thinks they can write. No, they and can't. I think, mm-hmm. and it, if there is a position they honestly think they could do without, it's writers. And if they were to crush the writers. Uh, boy, the, you're looking at you're looking, you're looking at, at some the dark days you're looking at some nasty shit coming out, and it's funny because especially for television, writers have really just been transformative. We're well, in, yeah. we're in the second golden age of television. A lot of people refer to it as the golden age of television writing. Yes, because no no television. <clears throat> excuse me, going through puberty. No, Finally. no television era has had so many shows, so well written, so consistently, and so popular, so all the time, and yes, and so popular, and they're and they are like all over the place in genre. It's yes. not even it's yes. like they're all just fit in that normal what I call original traditional TV box. They right. are like science fiction. They're fantasy. Mm-hmm. They're horror. I mean, they are all over right. the place. I mean, there was a time you might have gone Sopranos, The Wire. Okay, so these cops, The Shield cop shows that you know this is the real NYPD blue yeah yeah but they're 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 breaking out everywhere and it's because of the writers and well yeah and and watch a modern show a show that you love from the pilot through to the end you'll notice a major shift in how that writing is applied to the actors because right a lot of these creators, they'll start with an idea and that idea changes over the course of multiple seasons mm. or even a single season because they see how a performer is taking those words on the page sure. and crafting them to their own strengths and weaknesses. And then the writers go, oh, now we can modify to better fit their strengths. To better yeah. fit their strengths. Right. The acting gets better. The writing gets better. And it's this synergistic thing that goes throughout mm-hmm. that series right so yeah look look seriously look back at any of the, these shows that you absolutely love and you'll notice this yeah. it's it's an integral part of the creative process and i think that's it's it's really sad to say that 
the a lot of these business execs that have never held any kind of you know position within that company they just look at the dollars they've never yeah. been a writer they've never been a director they've never been a grip they've never been you know Nothing. a best boy they've never been an electrician they have one thing going for them jeff yeah that's a giant mechanical spider that is all they got going for them. <laughs> boy, well, i mean oh a boy. lot of these execs are hired right out of you business hate school aristotelists so, don't you they don't understand what it is to be a creator no and it's they don't see people who are talented with creating something from nothing. They don't see them as people. They just see them as assets, and they think that they're easily replaced. Well, but I think that they need to get rid of the... If they're going to cut expenses somewhere, don't cut the writers. They're the lifeblood. Cut the actors. It's time for puppets to get their due. <laughs> oh, my God. AI actors. <laughs> puppets. Oh, my God. No, hand well, puppets. Really, well, I think puppets. the biggest. If they want to, I mean, and I get this is probably not popular, but they could cut their freaking like. Um, I totally lost the word. Executive I was say. compensation. Well, packages? there's that, but <laughs> their, their non-puppet budget. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see there's a puppet effects. version. A cheap special effect puppet version of all my favorite movies. Oh like, boy, puppet Caligula. They could totally cut special effect budgets completely. Like they did movies. Puppet Cabin of the Woods. And like I said, I know it's not popular because the special effects they have now make things more realistic. I get you can do more stories than you could have 20, 30 years ago, and they're so realistic that people love them. But you could cut your special effects budget and you would cut a shit like millions of dollars and but, you know, one of the sad things there, Deb, is they already kind of do that because the contracts that they set up with the FX houses don't guarantee cost overruns yeah. and stuff. And you get so many FX houses that get crushed and destroyed because they're put under this burden of honoring all this extra work for no extra money. Yeah. And so, so many of these movies, whatever you think the FS budget is, if it was actually properly paid by yeah. the hour, it would be so much more. Well, I, I, yeah. think, I think what Deb's saying, Kirsten, is uh, less explosions, more dancing. In English costumes, which yeah. are expensive. <laughs> yeah, but some. you can use them over again. But if you had puppets, those costumes would be smaller. And would save Less you cloth. money. Look, I hated Buffy, and I didn't like Angel either. I but I Buffy. really did enjoy the, the puppet mom. episode. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little puppet man. I enjoyed that episode, and I think if we had horror movies, but with puppets, that's awesome. I want to see the Expanse done in all puppets. I want to see a <laughs> filthy mouth of uh, a as a puppet. Don't get behind the new cue. I, uh, or the new P Picard season three, green all puppets, <laughs> green, green light, dude, solid green light. I bet you in an alternate universe, it's all puppets, and they sometimes have real life people that act in their movies. How the fuck was wow. that? One? <clears throat> Did you ever see the OK Go video for the Muppet Show theme? Where no, I love their videos though. There is a segment in there where the actual musicians are being puppeteered by the Muppets. It's the most surreal nice. thing ever. Because nice. the, 
the act the uh, the singers are moving a lot like the puppets and you see the little rods oh, connected awesome. to their hands and stuff and right that. below them is the the muppets like kermit and Fozzie, and they're <laughs> making the movie there's a hilarious surreal. uh clip from seth myers where uh, john oliver is on talking to him and he's talking about working with cookie monster yes and he's talking about how you, you're working with the puppet and myers was totally agreeing he said one of his favorite shots one of his favorite pictures from his time at snl he was like they were in rehearsal and he's like talking to kermit and he said i'm giving a note to kermit and i'm talking to kermit the guy's right down there but i don't even acknowledge him and oliver was talking about there was one guy who met uh, one of their writers met Fozzie Bear. <laughs> and he's like, he said he was talking to Fozzie Bear and actually saying, dude, you're like the reason I'm in comedy. And Oliver said, you could sort of see the guy playing Fozzie, which I believe is Frank Oz, get a look on his face like, oh, shit. That's <laughs> one of those conversations. <laughs> Just like, oh uh, yeah, and he's you know, and he's just and he's talking to him, and he said the guy was just totally fucking serious. The best interview I think we ever did is the Ugly Couch Show. It was at Comic Con when I interviewed Kermit. That's the best. Mm -hmm. I always recommend talking to puppets. Well, well, I, we we do every episode yeah, when you're here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> eat shit. <laughs> Uh, although puppet horror, I mean, yeah, oh yeah, dude, that's a budget geek shock could support Barry. Yeah, that's possible. We could do. Where we, are we getting the puppets? Well, we make. That's oh my God, uh. Deb! Really, every time, every time an idea, you just gotta say poo poo. You know, <clears throat> friggin' uh, treasurers. What we'll have a we'll have a we'll have a craft day. And make we'll have arts and crafts so, day and we'll make, make puppets, the best aka puppets. Deb will sew them all because I have the sewing <laughs> machine and know how to use it. So. Well, I, you know, uh, if you'll show Barry how to do it, I'm sure he's he not could touching do. my sewing machine. <laughs> I can sew, you know, I actually can. I know you can, but you use your mom's machine, which if you want to break the needle or do any of that shit, by all means, oh, go ahead. You're not shit. doing it to mine. <laughs> okay, so so in the notes we, for the budget, we need to make sure that Barry has his own sewing machine. <laughs> <laughs> but the special effects all have to be like cardboard, no, painted yeah. cardboard, because that's fun. Yeah, just with the scenes in the background. Yeah, yeah. What we're not going to do our puppets all against green screen, and then insert them in Unreal Engine. Hey, hey, that way <laughs> it's even cheaper. That way Jeff can edit it. <laughs> <laughs> this way everyone can participate. News you don't give a shit about. Oh, my. God. Warner Brothers has announced that they are selling Richard Donner's original 1978 Superman as NFT bundles. What? While NFTs are still receipts for Beanie Babies and losing ground, it is currently a $3 billion industry, and, w and Warner Brothers is still looking at ways to cash in. Of course they are. It's Warner <laughs> Brothers now. Warner Brothers is now the demons. <laughs> Collectors can buy, sell, and trade the NFTs in Warner Brothers' online marketplace. Oh, can I? The Superman Web 3 movie experience is described as a multimedia NFT that includes the film in 4K Ultra HD format, plus extra like image galleries and artist renderings by DC artists. Or I could buy the 4K disc. What? Yeah. It'll have an artificial scarcity design to drive sales of the bundles, which will cost $30 for the standard edition and $100 for the premium edition. 
Customers can purchase them using a credit card or cryptocurrency once they create an Alluvio NFT media wallet that acts as a digital vault and enables customers to stream and view the content. Extra work for the same shit. Yes. But unless you say that you own an NFT. No, you own a freaking receipt that you... You that you have yeah. access to a rental isn't, movie. Isn't this a digital version of Divix? Uh, yeah, kind of. You know, sorta. Yeah, I sorta. Sorta. Yeah. <sighs> Remember? Oh yeah. I can see uh, the bros uh, now. I just bought Superman NFT the movie. I got it. Which version you get? Well, I got the good version. I got the hundred dollar version. Oh man, I just got the thirty dollar version. Ha! You suck. That's the whole reason to have this. Mm-hmm. Take note, Kofi members. All of the rewards you get from us are absolutely fungible. And <laughs> not, we, non, non. And if we take shock. We put the fun in fungible. I was going to say we take out the fun. If you can find it, there's a great Adam Ruins Everything. Uh, oh, I love about, that show, period. Uh, yeah. The art industry and how it's basically just this giant money laundering uh, scheme. Yeah, a lot of what he goes over in that on the art world applies to the entire blockchain. Dude, which is so Wait a so I was wrong. Currency. I'm sorry, I was wrong. I and just NFTs. said fungible, and a fungible product is replaceable by another identical item. All of our our one of a kind art Tangible? is technically non fungible, but it is not a token. It's not. It is the actual art. So I don't have a problem with the fungibility. I like saying that. Uh, <laughs> fungibility. It's I have really a problem. the tangibility. It's the, it's the token that I have a problem with. A token isn't shit. Sorry. You know what's funny about that thing, too, about the art world, uh, mm-hmm. Jeff? Is uh, so many YouTubers, the masterworks, yeah. the invest in art thing. That is one of the safest investments you can do. And, and, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, get involved in that. Oh, there's Kit. I thought he was gone. All what right. the fuck are you talking? Oh, yeah. cat. Yeah, the cat. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> you, you yeah. why do you buy by the squirrel? Why do you buy the token when you can just buy the actual art? Why? Why would you? Kid want is Kirsten's token? token. Token of what? Affection. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah. Weekend geek. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Barry's like, thank good. <laughs> The producers behind the animated Spider-Man trilogy have their attention set on the third installment, next year's Beyond the Spider-Verse. However, producer Amy Pascal says a Spider-Woman and live-action Miles Morales movies are in the works. Uh, Pascal also said that a fourth Spider-Man movie with Tom Holland and Zendaya are still in the works. Uh, But, of course, the writer's strike has uh, paused that development. What? So I can get behind a live-action Miles Morales movie. I think that would be awesome. Me too. I think that would be awesome. And frankly, a Spider Woman movie. That's a that's a really unique character. Yeah. Spider Gwen. Uh, Spider Gwen. I can definitely get behind yes. what a movie. fuck. Of all the 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 newer generation gimmicky whatever the fuck you want to call them characters, Spider Gwen is just is just awesome from top to bottom. Uh huh. Never mind the fact that it's Gwen Stacy, which right there makes me happy, but the. The, char- the the costume design, the character itself, the whole thing, it, uh, just a, just just wonderful. Blumhouse and James Wan's Atomic Monster are developing an insidious spinoff film with Mandy Moore and Kumail Nanjiani. Mandy Moore, right? Uh, set to, both set to star in the movie. The movie is titled Thread: An Insidious Tale. 
Uh, the story for the film is very different from what we've seen in the franchise before. It will follow a husband and wife uh, who, quote, enlist the help of a spell to travel back in time such that they can prevent the death of their young daughter. The consequences, of course, prove to be severe, unquote. Ah! Uh, the movie's been written and directed by Moon Knight creator Jeremy Slater. The news comes as Patrick Wilson's insidious The Red Door is set to be released this summer. Uh, that movie is set 10 years after the last movie. In that story, quote, Josh Lambert heads east to drop his son off at an idyllic ivy-covered university. However, Dalton's college dream becomes a nightmare when the rep repressed demons of his past suddenly return to haunt them both. To put their demons to rest once and for all, Josh and a college-aged Dalton must go deeper into the further than ever before, unquote. Deeper into the further. Uh, if, if you've seen Insidious, it will all make I sense. have not yeah, seen Insidious. I would never see that movie. I, you know, <laughs> can you give me the Penny version? Uh, I haven't seen any of the Insidious How about the non-nightmare version? Insidious uh, 1 and 2, uh, some of the best haunted house movies made in the last 20 years. Yes, yeah, that's why highly, I didn't see it. Highly recommended, uh, but the whole th thing hinges on a world of the dead that gets crossed over, and humans can cross over into it as well. Oh, okay. That and a nice effect where you walk around in the total darkness and shit doesn't reveal itself until you're within like five or ten feet of it. Yeah, it's it's very well done. I Ooh, love I'm have to use that in D and D. Love the Insidious I mean, series, that's dude. It's called very human sight and yeah. dark. Yeah, it is. It's very much. It's very much a dungeon crawl. But it's really cool because, like, the dead world is like a oh, that would fuck. That would creep me the fuck out so to much. The, to the yeah, and it's like they have a hard time figuring out how to, it, it's. Because the dead world is sort of like your own neighborhood, wasn't that? Right. And you're walking along, but you can only see your own neighborhood within about five feet. And and it's all black and white and stuff. And so you'll see a street sign, and it's like, okay, I got to turn here. But in that 20 feet, you got to walk. If you deviate, you may come up somewhere, and you're like, ah, fuck, I don't know where the hell I am. That's that. Those moments really just like... Made my head hurt. It's, it's eerie. Almost like, it's really eerie. It's like yeah. portals almost are like veils between yes. the worlds that you don't realize until you walk through it. Yeah. Right. It, it, and the scariest depiction of Darth Maul I've ever seen. <laughs> it uh, just, just that shit where like some, I watched it on uh, streaming. So it was like, I would, I would sit there and like, wait, what, what? And I'd like reverse. Cause it's like that. Yeah, that is, that's his face right there in the background. Cause it was one of those things where it was constantly like one, it, one of the best jump scares of the last ah, jump scares. Yeah. But, but you know what? Good jump scares. Not yeah. like the shitty. Right. A lot, lot of jump scares suck because they're unearned. This one's well earned. And, and it's not, it's not a movie of jump scares. Yeah. It part of the reason that works is because the whole thing is just so fucking creepy. Yeah, it really is. They use the tools that they have well. Okay. Yeah, you should watch it, Deb. You'd love it. Yeah, no, I wouldn't <laughs> sleep probably for Lots two of weeks. Puppets. Oh, puppet <laughs> heaven! <laughs> uh, Apple has unveiled its Vision Pro VR headset. Oh, I saw this article. The Vision Pro comes with five sensors, six microphones, and twelve cameras. Processing power comes from both Apple's M2 chip and its new R1 chip. Uh, the Vision Pro will be able to run all day when plugged into an outlet, but you'll need a secondary battery pack to use it on the go, and that battery pack only lasts two hours. <laughs> Users will be able to navigate the headset using their eyes, hands, and voice. Then, for those looking at you while wearing the headset, there's a feature called EyeSight. <laughs> 
that allows others to see a representation of your eyes on the Vision Pro's external display. That's creepy. It is really creepy. The headset also includes Apple's first 3D camera, which captures spatial video and photos, can serve as a personal movie theater with support for Apple TV+, Apple Arcade games, other Apple services. Uh, Vision Pro also provides ultra-high resolution with more pixels for each eye than a 4K TV and provides a newly designed spatial audio system. The cost... $3,499. Jesus Christ, that's like those F-35 helmets. (laughs) Yep. Fuck. Just days before this VR announcement, Meta announced the next generation of its own VR headset, the MetaQuest 3, which is priced at $500. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I think choices You've got the platinum version and the copper version. I like that, too. Meta. The virtual world you get from Wish. Uh, you know, you know what, dude? I just saw I, I, uh, TM. By the way, folks, this is Geek Shocks. Don't anybody do this. Oh shit! That I saw this thing advertised: motorcycle helmets, where they are printed with your face and your head. So your motorcycle helmet looks is your like, head. That sounds That's really creepy. weird looking. It, it does sound really weird looking. Now, now, stick with me. I'm with you. We 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 get a whole head arrangement for the VR. That projects like your head on the outside. So when people are interacting with you, they think they're actually interacting with you. Well, not that they think they're <laughs> Why fooled. Why is your head so round? But they they about? see head, your face. You. They see your whole face, not just your eyes. They see your whole face, man. But it's just, really making this really weird, creepy, yes. smiley face yeah. all the time. Yeah. You know, it'll be just like or you the, look like an Apex mm, Twin video. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. No, I think that's great. No, and then we can add in. You know, we can add in things like we'll have little vents so we can spray out breath so people will smell your breath. Uh, that's <laughs> not, a, not a good thing. Not a good thing. Smell your no. cologne and your shampoo. No. Um, again, right? not, you not, know? No. No, smell-o-vision is not no. a good idea. Speakers down in your pants. Um, No. So nope. like when you pass gas, nope. it's like it's right there. It's like... Let's dial down that It's realism. almost like you're right there. I'd rather not have AI. There. Yeah, no, dude. That's a big no. Jeff, what? It's, it's hard to be a visionary. <laughs> it really is. You, you got to have a solid vision. I'm just <laughs> I'm just surprised the extraordinarily long path that you took to get your fart joke in and you didn't uh you didn't capitalize on it. Uh well, that's cuz I threw it in at the last minute. Yeah. Oh. I was really was focused on the head. It was rushed. <laughs> it was we're critiquing it. Uh, During the recent Lionsgate Q4 2023 earnings call, Motion Picture Group Chairman Joe Drake confirmed that John Wick Chapter 5 is in development. Uh, I I saw John Wick 4, and I have some issues here. Uh, Don't you know John Wick's immortal? I guess. I mean... (laughs) We haven't seen the movie, so if you're implying something happens... No, no, never. It it goes back to uh, it goes back one of the pitch meetings where they talk about yeah uh, him getting hit by multiple cars and he's like he's like oh that must really hurt him he's like no he shrugs it off <laughs> it's just it's it he's superhuman it is it is quite ridiculous when you watch it it's it's cool in the moment because he's Baba Yaga it's cool in the moment because you're like damn so he's getting up from that but then at the end of the film you're like. Yeah, nobody could survive. Well, it's like all some of the scenes shit. where they're shooting each other from this far away. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no way you're dodging. Those, those suits bullets. are made of Kevlar. But Deb. Your head's not. 
he his... holds up his jacket like this. <laughs> yeah. In the wow. last film, he does that a lot. Yeah. Wow. Man. Uh, Joe Drake says, quote, we're now moving across that franchise, not just in the AAA video game space. What is official is that, as you know, Ballerina is the first spinoff that comes out next year. In the 70s. Takes place in the 70s, correct? I believe so. Yeah. Uh, we're in development on three others, including John Wick 5 and including television series, The Continental, which will be airing soon. Yes. And so we're building out the world. And when that five movie comes, will be organic. We'll be organically grown out of how we're starting to tell these stories. But you can rely on a regular cadence of John Wick, unquote. <laughs> When am I going to get Payday 3? That game was awesome, and it's got some John Wick in there. What? Payday. You never, oh. oh, the board game? I love the board game. No, not uh, the board game, but the, you know what? The candy now bar? I love the candy bar. Now they need to redo both the candy bar and the board <laughs> candy game. Candy bar you can still John buy. Wick style. Damn it, now I want a Payday candy bar. Thanks, Kirsten. <laughs> Aren't those covered in peanuts? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Covered in peanuts. Like payday that. really satisfies. Yeah, it really is nah. not for me. But no, Payday 2 Put my nuts is in your mouth. amazing. What? <laughs> Is an amazing video game where you go through and and you do heists and like one of the downloadable characters is John Wick and you can go do stuff for like the Continental. It's fucking great. It's an amazing game. You can go to the Continental. No, you can do stuff. Never mind. Anyway, never minding. (laughs) Saints Row was better. What the fuck? (laughs) Isn't that that's the driving one, right? Saints Row. Well, there's some driving Saints in it. Saints Row does have driving in it. It's also got pure insanity. Yes, and the aliens invade the planet. And yeah, stuff. yeah, it's the great. New, the, yeah, the new uh, Saints Row withstanding the Saints Row franchise is fantastic. It's better as it goes along. Yeah, Can't you fly in that? Uh, yeah. Yes, in okay. stupid ways. And there's a dubstep gun. Yes, there is. <laughs> it shoots dubstep. Come on! <laughs> music. Literally yeah. shoots music out. Doesn't all it right. make the ca- character dance or something like that? It makes them all <laughs> dance until they die. Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, okay. So I, I thought it was a gun that like you could cut shapes with. No. Writer J. Michael <laughs> Straczynski. <laughs> what? Wing and a miss. Cutting shapes. Wing and a miss. That's a shuffle dance Yes, sir. Huh? Straczynski is returning to Marvel Comics to take on Captain America in an upcoming relaunch ongoing series alongside artist <laughs> Jesus Saez. Starting this fall, uh, Straczynski is well-known to Marvel fans for his Spider-Man run, which culminated in the controversial story Spider-Man One More Day that ended Peter Parker's marriage to Mary Jane Watson, as well as his run on Thor, which restored the mythos of Asgard to Marvel Comics. Straczynski laid out his plans to delve into Steve Rogers' life before he became Captain America, in which he'll confront the growing... American Bund, a real-world organization of American Nazi sympathizers that formed before World War II. Straczynski explains, quote, For a young Peter Parker, the murder of his Uncle Ben was a transformational event putting him on the path to becoming Spider-Man. This story will be equally transformational, putting a young Steve Rogers on the path to becoming the hero he eventually becomes. Straczynski's return to Marvel will also include an upcoming six-issue event story that is yet to be announced. Uh, Captain America number one goes on sale September 20th. I eagerly anticipate and await Marvel editorial utterly fucking Straczynski over towards the end of the run and making him hated by fans again. Think so? Yeah. 
Well, that's what they did in Spider-Man. I just finished that uh, issue. I'm still doing the read all the Marvel. Oh, thing. that's right. So uh, I'm, somebody needs to be beaten up over that. Right, right. Now I, that uh, that Matt's on hiatus, we got to figure out another person willing to torture Vlarg. I don't know which one of us would be willing to do that. Anyone? Any takers? I mean, it. always Todd, and pro- I would probably do it too. <laughs> yeah. How about we all take turns? I have my, I mean, I watch all of the period dramas I want and just force him to watch those. Oh, it's kind of good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Because we've, the punishment of the first one, we haven't done yet, but it has to be done. I've now done two years of it, so there, we got to come up with that. So it sounds yeah. like a perfect, like a whole season. Yes. Watch a whole <gasps> season. <gasps> the next Bridgerton season's coming up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Are we talking like Clockwork Orange torture, or are we talking like the Jacksons torture? Uh, uh, yes. Well, you know, <laughs> here's I'll the do thing. it. He has to, <laughs> he has to sit down, and he, he can't be on his phone. He has to watch it. Yes. Well, I'll, yes. I'll put his phone it. in my pocket. He has to watch it, and he can't drink while watching. Yes. <laughs> are you out of your fucking mind? No alcohol and no candy cigarettes, Barry. Yeah, I crush him all. And no phone. I crush you like a grape. Okay, this is bullshit. <laughs> the other ones are going to be like short. This is like hours out of my life. <laughs> I'm never getting back. They're just fucking burned. They're exposing you Welcome to, to adulthood. New. Yeah. <laughs> Not everything new is good. You want to watch some horror movies with me? You've taken your first you step into a larger Don't world. Don't care. <laughs> Uh, but I, I love you know what I I would been warned off from many Paul Jake also when you get to one more day you're gonna hate it yeah I remember I, how I, I liked it I, it's not bad I remember how much Paul loved that Straczynski run until that came out yeah and he was just like fuck fuck this fuck god damn it he, I've I've never seen him so livid about a comic in my life like he and I was, understand why he was like so angry like. Beyond like the normal jokingly Paul angry, I'm talking like he was fuming. I, I get it. It is a Deus Deus Ex Machina that keeps the character from dealing with something heavy, that uh, which is basically the death of Aunt May. Right. Uh, that they just kind of just reset it out of nowhere instead of making him actually suffer the consequences of his actions. Well, that and also wasn't that they uh, reversed his outing of his identity right right so there was a whole bunch of resets there yeah it, it completely <clears throat> just threw everything back post civil war yeah which was <sighs> wasn't just, that kind of like this last spider-man film uh that's where they got there it were from. elements of it yeah that's where they got that from yeah yeah pretty much uh and uh i'm still reading his thor his thor's fun so I love Straczynski, and I love this idea because, uh, as I mentioned before, reading Straczynski's autobiography, his dad was an actual fucking Nazi, like part of the junior Nazis in Germany uh, at, a, at a young age. And, the Hitler Jungen? And, and killed Jews. people, yes. Yeah. killed ki- His father killed Jews, all right? Awful human being. So I really look forward to his writing of Captain America on this storyline in particular. Yeah, I, didn't he say something like his mother was also kind of out there and it was surprising yeah. like how how normal he is compared to how extreme both his parents were? I have were. never read a worse family life than Shazinski yeah, in my it's, life, it's, ever. It's horrible. Yeah. My God. And, well, I and, just haven't told you everything that happened to me. 
But I mean, it it really is amazing that he <laughs> turns out to be uh, a writer that not only writes <clears throat> socially uh, relevant stories that are, I guess, positive in a way, trying to show you know that there are there is hope in the in the long run. That he's like a functional member of yeah, society. Yeah, that, his, yes. that, that yes. he's that yeah. he's not able to do that just through his writing, but as a person, right? His his and also his writing is good. Yes, and 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 it's it it's deep because I, I I don't want very layered. I don't want to phrase this so it sounds wrong, but you it's not like you look at his writing and go, "Wow, there's some deep dark shit back there." You know, right, right. There are some writers well, who had terrible lives, and you read it, and you're like, "Yep, yeah, you th- this shit's right there. Th- yeah. It's right there." But Straczynski, it actually, when you hear yeah. what he's been through and what it was, you're like, Bleh? "Well, I mean, some of his writing is very dark. I mean, there were some episodes of Babylon Five that are well ridiculously dark. They can but be. at the same time, there's that glimmer of hope that yeah. he always threads in there." Mm-hmm. And, and that, hope, you know that little that little light at the end of the tunnel that slowly gets bigger and bigger as you go through the story. That's probably what gets Barry through, isn't it? The light what? at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. He likes things dark as motherfucking dark. Yeah, like, he doesn't line. like he doesn't like you know. It's always darkest just before it goes pitch fucking there black. You go. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think makes Barry Dark? Write to us. Comments at GeekShockPodcast.com. And I want to thank our Footlong Chili Dog Tier 2 members, Mike M., Mama Ninja Scoop, Heidi Johnson, David Heyerbrier, Scoop Bucky, Aaron Esquire, Mitty Scoop 2 is 1, Leon Mitz, and our brand new Tier 2 member, Scoopy Ramon. Hi there. Good to have you aboard. And thank you, King Vald, for your one-off this week. Again? Once again. What a beautiful man. Thank you, sir. And our Tier 4 members, Deb T., David Farrar, J.R. Conkle, and Tier 5 members, King Vald, Jeff Harris, Ozzy Matt, Mad Martron, Glumley, and Atomic Gumby. And, of course, you, dear listener. Thank you for joining us once again. Uh, the theme song that for our show is called The Burning Light by Sam Heffernan. You can find his music at SWH Music on Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Twitch. Oh, and I am Master Targo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Vlarg. And Deb. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. I'm so glad those Norwegians make so much money. That's great. Especially after they have a kid. It's just a great windfall. I know. It's just in America. You had it. Oh. I'm sorry. I had a kid. So who were you? So uh, exit society, my friend. Yeah, there you're, you go. you're done. Yeah. I'm finished. Take your ticket. I'm di- I'm just exit light inner night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is that what? from? <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> I feel like I failed. I. Uh. That's okay, Barry. We all feel like you failed. <laughs> you owe me a pack of candy cigarettes, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs>